ba 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 I'm loving it. Hello. Yo, yo, yo. Big up, Paul. What is going on, Rishi Reviews? I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm just sitting here and uh, ready to have this conversation, which probably should have happened about six months ago. Probably. You know. (laughs) Every time. Every time I have a show. Every time I have a show, the people decide they need to start calling me. Every time. The, oh. you know, the telemarketers, all that, they decide this is when they need to start calling me. It's like, really? It's like, oh, my goodness. So I'm really glad to have you on the show. You know, I'm such a huge fan. I love um, I love all the shows you did. I heard you first with the – actually, I heard you first when you were doing a show about um, – uh, it was with somebody else you were talking about um, the LGBTQ and religion. I think that that's when I first met you. And then oh, I heard. Okay, yeah. Uh, they were in my early days when I used to do, um, I used to do this thing called, called LGBTQ. Let's learn together. And um, we just kind of try to highlight more on the LGBTQ community and, try and uh, gain a bit more knowledge and then we used to do things on religion and and, and touch on other various things as well uh, right. but yeah I, I didn't know you you've been listening to me for that long actually Paul yeah I mean I've been on here for gosh I've been on here for a while now it's but I've had the app on my phone since when it first came out but then I started like actually using it back in I think um gosh was it like like january or february and so yeah it was definitely during the winter months so oh brilliant brilliant so what have you been up to what have i been up to i you know just um you know things are starting to finally open you know like our mask mandate has gone away um, there's still some stores out here that say that they want you to still wear a mask. And it's just, it's so weird though, you know, which is actually kind of ironic talking about masks and what we're talking about today, uh, you know, and um, so it's, um, I feel like, you know, I'll be in the store and I was walking around with my mom and we both kind of like looked at each other. We didn't have our masks on. And I said, it feels weird, doesn't it? Mom's like, yeah, she's like, it's, she says for a year and a half, she said, just wearing these masks. I'm like, yeah, I know, you know? And so. Totally, totally. The United Kingdom's just uh, started opening up uh, again. um, And people are kind of out and about. The bars are open, the pubs are open, restaurants and, and all sorts. Um, but you're right. It, it, it's not the same. It's like everyone's wearing masks and, you know, um, are very cautious of each other, trying to stay away from each other. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Paul, you hit the nail on the head. It is a lot about what we're about to talk about, because one thing I mean, I know we're going to touch on the Batman trilogy, but it's it's one of their movies where it it the whole trilogy is about fear, about how how fear kind of starts controlling humanity around us and mm-hmm. you know how some people then take 
to either becoming a superhero, becoming a vigilante or so forth to to save a community. And and it's weird because you've got that kind of going on a lot in the world at the moment because, you know, you, you have great protests going on for righteous causes as well, uh, which you see around the world, uh, which happened during the pandemic, you know, just like the George Floyd stuff and everything like that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange, it, it, it's a strange time to be in the world. It is. It really truly is. It's like, it was an eye opening experience. That's for sure. It was literally the contagion movie, you know, coming to life and, um, which is actually ironic because it was like, man, I first start, I like, I saw that movie for the first time, um, like my friend was like, we should watch Contagion when literally the pandemic first hit. And I remember I was like freaked out. I was like, I'm like, this is like hitting a little too close to home. I'm like, everything is like kind of falling in line. It was like, maybe this was a premonition. So, but. Do you know what? It's strange. I I did a show uh, a little while back about, not premonitions, but, um, it was some time ago. It was called. I haven't. Funny enough, I haven't been on stereo a long time. You're one of my first stereo shows in, in a long time. Um, oh. I've been trying to because of the world's been opening back, and I've been trying to sort out life again and work and all sorts. But um, uh, way back when, a few months ago, I did a show called uh, Simpsons. How do they keep predicting the future? And oh. I had someone who chimed in, and um, and, we, and we talked very heavily on the Simpsons and things they had predicted and things that had come true. And someone said that predictions are, are, are like a thing where, whereby whatever happens, in, inevitably in the world, things are going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. So if you put it out there early enough, enough time will pass for these things to materialise. And that's where people call them predictions. I don't know, but it, it did get me thinking. Right. And, you know, it, it is, it, you know, it is interesting because it's like um, there was somebody, a friend of mine who I actually hung out with her and her brother was talking about this person that I forget who it was. They were they were being interviewed um, and they this is back in like 2007 or something and talked about this said that there will be a pandemic that will be happening you know with masks and you know we'll be running out of things and it was like they were it was so precise that it just it it was just really freaky like like she was like she said it like really freaked her out of how like actual factual this was to what's going on in today so it was like wow yeah no i totally agree with you it is weird and i just hope the world i mean what is america is america officially now fully open or what's the whole situation because i know uh please forgive me and i might be out of context when i say this um, Mm -hmm. because i I do know a lot of america didn't take it very seriously did they until way later on Okay, so with that, there was a, a, so there's a majority of people that took, I shouldn't say majority, so there was uh, um, groups of people that took it seriously, and then there were groups of people that did not, and, um, and 
uh, we had Trump in office at the time and, and Trump was not taking it that serious. And so most of his supporters definitely were not taking it serious. So if he was saying like, um, you know, oh, it's going to be fine. They're saying it's going to be fine. But um, the state that I'm in, which is Ohio, our governor took it very seriously. And we were one of the first states to fully close like down. And I remember all of the other states were like, why is Ohio doing this? Like why? Like it was uh, it was like five other states that fully closed. And then Ohio was one of the first states that like fully opened. It's because it's like, you know, as RuPaul says, you, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So, you know, it's like, um, you know, so now it's like we're, you know, opening because we were, we're, we were smart and we started early. And um, so, but as far, so each state is different. Like, um, like California, I know that they're still kind of, I still think that they're still a little bit shut down. Um, New York is opening um, where New York was such a huge hotspot. New York was like one of the biggest hotspots. So it depends on which state it is about how open they are because each state had its own type of, its own type of like, like uh, I wouldn't say law, but like uh, its own type of, like its governor was the one that was making the decision on you know, it's mandates, you know, unless, of course, the president said certain things like, you know, this is what's happening here. So it was either statewide or it was, you know, like um, U.S. wide. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But mm. we have some people, so I'm going to press yes, we do. In, in just a second. But before we start, just a little treat. Um, so guys, this is Rishi Reviews with Paul, and we're doing Film Appreciation 101, the Dark Knight trilogy, it's just for you guys. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard this. I actually played the wrong one. I was trying to go for the old Batman theme tune, but that will do for now. <laughs> was that Eminem? That sounded like Eminem. <laughs> um, it, I, I have no clue what the hell that was. I really went for the the, the classic Batman tune, that, but uh, I, I played close. the wrong one. But uh, hey, here we go, guys. Welcome. Join in. Um, we're going to be talking about the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, let's go to the messages. We've got EMC for life here. We've got Mr. R. Let's do Paul, Rishi, good afternoon. It is 12.08. I'm on the road getting ready for to set up for my show with uh, with Worm down in El Segundo and here in California. It will be a mixture of DJing from my end and uh, an art show from Worm. And we'll be doing some live broadcasting on stereo from the event. So just wanted to say hi and uh, I hope you guys are having a good afternoon. Wow. Well, thank you so brilliant. much, Mr. R. That's great. I'm excited. You have a good show and mm -hmm. you know, stay safe out there, you know? Definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, thank you for chiming in. Now, the one and only. Ian Hello. 
Hello, Rashira Views. Um, hang on just one second. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt this, but Rashira Views, how dare you send minions to come for me? What? Oh. What? I lost the game. What? Why would you do that to me? I lost the game again. You are an... <clears throat> you sent Vader. Really? Really? I lost the game for a third time in a row. So, thank you, Rishi Reviews. And I'm, I'm sorry, Paul, for interrupting this broadcast, but um, I had to for reasons. Okay, love you. Bye! <laughs> this war, this war will go on to the end of time between me and MC, uh, EMC to see who lost the game. Um, and at the moment, I think it's... Uh, I think I'm in the lead. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe we're even Stevens right now. Mm. Do you know about the game, Paul? I don't. Okay. Fill me in. You'd like me to fill you in about the game. Okay, get ready, Pete, before we go into film 101 appreciation. The yes. The game started just as the cosmos was starting. Just when the three atoms, we had a proton, neutron, and an electron that came together and created the Big Bang. Out of the mm-hmm. Big Bang, as the Earth started taking form, so did the game. The game is basically a secret knowledge that goes on um, through generations. It was never written down. It was told to people that passed down from generation to generation. And the game basically is that you can lose the game. And the way you lose the game is by having knowledge of the game. So, Paul, you, know, you now have knowledge of the game. Now, the game basically is you cannot think about the game. If you think about the game, you lose the game. So I was having a beautiful conversation with you, enjoying life, and EMC just told me and reminded me she lost the game, which meant I've now lost the game because I thought of the bloody game. No, I've lost the game. Yeah. (laughs) All three of us. If we carry on like this. (laughs) Well, that is like deep. I love yeah. that. <laughs> but uh, uh, Batman, Batman, Batman. Batman. So th- this movie trilogy for me, I mean, you know, I haven't watched this trilogy, I must admit, in years. Uh, but when mm-hmm. it did come out, I watched it many a times, many, many a times because um, I am a big fan. Um, and at the same time, I do pull bits apart as well and say, Ugh. but because of the way it was filmed and, and the, the great actors we had in it, for me, this movie is so gritty, um, at times scary. You know, the trilogy basically takes you through through time, if anything. It has mm-hmm. an origin story, uh, I feel like, none other, and uh, and hence its success. I mean, Paul, go for it, man. The stage is yours. What do you think? Oh, you know, I remember when uh, seeing this. So uh, my dad and I went to go and see uh, Batman Begins. And we were kind of like, oh, okay, because, you know, it's like a good Batman. A a Batman movie hadn't come out in quite a while because the last Batman movie that came out was the George Clooney one, which was just, oh, my gosh, it's just awful. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so we were kind of like excited and we didn't really know who Christopher Nolan was at that time. Um, And so um, seeing it and and I remember um, both of us really, really liking it. And then uh, hearing that they were going to do uh, like a series, we were like really, really pumped for it. Then it was a game changer when the second one came out with Heath Ledger as the Joker. I remember mm-hmm. it was like, it was just, it was so good. 
it was just it was so good and then the third one uh which closes the trilogy was it, it was really good as well and um i liked how everything it changed it from being a cartoony type of um like it took batman from being cartoony to this like action type of um realistic gritty um you know like suspense and uh actually made it seem like that some of this stuff could actually happen which i really appreciated like with um when he would be looking at stuff with the suits and everything they'd be going over the technology and explain that it's like oh yeah you know it's like we have this that you know could possibly do that and he's like oh do you have it in black you know <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like um yeah so i really did like that i i, I totally agree for you uh i agree for you agree with you um for me i mean it, it is the the hero's kind of journey, you know, uh, through kind of going through problems in life. Uh, and you're right about... So originally, if you look at the original films, you know, that, that, that I feel that this Nolan story went back to somewhat the originality of uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, um, mm -hmm. which was... Oh, God, who's the guy who made Edward Scissorhands? I should know this. British guy. Uh, oh, uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. You know, and if you look at Tim Burton's Batman and the return of Batman, you know, they were very dark and nitty gritty and uh, had a lot more action and and so forth. And and Tim, uh, Tim Burton loves doing movies like that, you know, um, that kind of gothic type of scenes and stuff like that. And going back to your comment about how realistic and this is why people love Nolan's trilogy, because, I mean, it, t it touches on childhood trauma secret societies, superheroes, and it has some of the world's best villains probably seen on screen. Although DC Universe does have great villains, but, mm -hmm. you know, um, that is that is one of the reasons why it touches so it touches home to me so much. I mean, you, 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 we have, like, in, especially going on to Batman Begins, you know, we have the League of Shadows who have basically been around for a thousand years, um, I think they have this belief system in organizations that get too big or societies that kind of grow so huge. Um, and basically they believe it's run by nincompoops. So in this, we see kind of Ra's al Ghul. Um, and I remember, I don't know if you remember, he kind of like implies throughout the movie or in the beginning that they're behind everything, you know, um, just like, mm -hmm. like they say they burnt down London uh, they, they they were behind Rome and all sorts, you know, which really starts making you think about governments in our world as well, you know, that right. how far our history goes back. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And it's like it, you think about like how they tied certain things into history, which it was like they didn't add things. I mean, well, I guess they did add things, I should say that, but they took things that happened in history and, you know, made it into the storyline, like, you know, and, and then made um, Ra's al Ghul, um, you know, which he was in the first one, who was played by Liam Neeson, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the 
I, you know, I remember seeing seeing this and thinking like it was, um, it was just, it was really interesting because it made it seem like okay, there's a society that people don't know about, and then because um, you remember hearing like about um, all the secret stuff that was going on in like the movie The National Treasure with Nicolas Cage you'd see like all of these secret things that go on. So it kind of like, you know, made sense to where it's like, well, there could possibly be like this secret leak that only certain people know about. And um, yeah, so. No, I agree. I totally agree. And there's something about Liam Neeson when he plays roles like this. I mean, Liam Neeson is one of them characters where he he, he is the same in every movie. Oh, he is. Oh, he is. (laughs) His acting, but. He suited Ra's al Ghul so well, I thought, yes, in my opinion. Um, you know, they did it really well. And touching on the conspiracy theories, you know, I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I really am. You know, I love looking into the Illuminati, Knights Templars. I have great knowledge on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Are you into all that kind of stuff? Um, you know, I... Uh, you know, I like thinking about stuff like that. So I do like thinking about conspiracies and all that. Like I am a deep thinker. So I definitely appreciate that. So yes, yes, absolutely. So I'm a huge fan. So I think any movie that always touches on conspiracy theories or kind of talks about, you know, theories of a basically a world which has been model or a civilization that has been kind of modeled on the way people think you know or what they've done and this is why we're here mm-hmm. it always gives more depth to not just the movie but the lo- but in reality life around us right no i i agree and i think that when a movie is able to do that to uh, like i always say that when a movie is able to make you feel an emotion i think that that is a uh an important factor but also when it makes you believe something that I think that that's just as important like for me Jaws is like in my top five of one of my uh, all-time favorite movies and Jaws like made me believe and made me aware that there are animals in the water that can kill you and it terrified me to the fact that it was like because I loved swimming I loved swimming in open water like that and I remember seeing that for the first time and after that moment that movie put that fear into me and so I think that when a movie is able to make you feel something and make you uh like learn something from it that I think that that's a powerful thing um yeah i just kind of going off your thoughts and their jaws is one of my favorite films and yet it's the one movie in my life um i know we're talking about batman guys we're gonna get back onto it but it's that one movie in my life to this day i am glad i live in the united kingdom because mentally i know we do not have sharks so i can go to the beach (laughs) and swim but still still to this day i'm a great swimmer i can swim but every time I'm in a swimming pool, and I know there's no sharks in that damn swimming pool. I know there's Think not. about it. I start swimming, and I start swimming faster just to get to the end 
because Jaws has put a fear factor in my brain that just will not get out there. There's and and I get scared of sharks. I I, I can't watch things with sharks, but I'm so intrigued by them. So there's a movie, a new one out called The Great White that I really want to oh, no. watch, but I just can't press play at the moment. I know I'll get around to it, but I'm freaking scared because of Jaws. But that's what you mean about movies having an impact on someone's life, you know? Yes. Yes, it's like, yes, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, uh, like, you know, with, with Batman, I think that the interesting thing that I felt with Christopher Nolan's take on this series was is that he made um, choices that were, I think, very important to make it feel like this really could happen um, and not make it seem like it was so far-fetched. Like, um, you know, and just so that y'all know, we will be talking about spoilers in case anybody hasn't seen this, you know, so, you know, just so y'all know that, okay? Um, Like, with Harvey Dent in the second movie, you see how he goes from being this really good guy to being, you know, something tragic happening and him being like physically wounded and then him mentally snapping. And then you see that the government and even Batman himself cover it up to save this image and um and so there's this image out there and then and people will believe what what they're told so it's like you know even though that the truth is is that you know harvey dent in the end you know became two-faced and and was a monster in the end you know and that batman was innocent that you know this narrative came out and then they got society to believe it. And it's like, what? And like in, in our society, it's like, what has happened that we got, uh, that we believed happened, like uh, that really didn't, but we were fed this information and we just believed it. Like, I think the only, like one thing that I can remember is back when George, uh, when George W. Bush was uh, president, I remember this whole thing with the um, the Iraq war, that they had nuclear weapons. And I remember all of us here in the United States, we thought, oh my gosh, they have nuclear weapons. They have nuclear weapons. We go over there. They had no nuclear weapons at all. And I remember at that time we were so aggravated. It's like, well, so what are we doing here? So, um, yeah. Paul? Yes. I... Oh, I don't press the right. I know we got a message. I'm going to press play, but you've touched on so many things, and especially about the world today. Um, and it's weird that we're talking about Batman. I didn't realize we we're going to go down this whole kind of conspiracy, kind of um, thought pattern of you know what we're told and stuff like that. But t- touch it all. I-, I didn't realize how much Batman kind of opened these things up. Until, I know. We just, until we just started speaking about it and there's this thing down i'm gonna tell you two things right and guys what i'm about to say is facts and paul i know you're gonna be like oh maybe not but 
I just feel like I have to say it now. Um, so talking about the Iraq War, and it, like they they didn't have um, um, uh, well, chemical weapons and stuff. So just quickly, I'm not going to go on it for too long, but. One of my podcasts that I did on Facebook Watch here, which got over 50,000 views, there's a lot on there, so you guys can go and check it out. It was in the early days of when coronavirus had just started, and it was called COVID-19 Man-Made or Natural Disaster, do you know? Because I know it exists out there, but was it man-made or was it a natural disaster? Which one was it? Now, I had a panel on there, and I had a warrant officer from the British Army, and the conversation popped up about how governments lie, you know, or what, or how they hide things. And he turned around and he posed a question to us. And this is out there. It's nothing to hide. He goes, why did we go to the Iraq war? Someone said oil. Someone said money. Someone said chemical weapons and this, 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 this. And then he turns around and he goes, yep. Okay. It was for chemical weapons, but we didn't find any chemical weapons. Right. Mm. And I was like, yeah, and he's going, but we did find him. And I went, what? Sorry. He goes, we did what? find him. He goes, but we had to destroy them. I was like, explain it to me. Explain it to me. So he explained and he gave me the coordinates and everything. I had to get, I had to edit some of the footage, to be honest with you, because he's going, no, we can't get that out there, Rich, please. Sorry. I had a bit too many to drink when I started telling you some of the stuff. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know this has been recorded, but yeah, I mean, like the show's out there, so you know, hey, what can I say? But he turned around and he said, We always knew there was chemical weapons out there because we gave them to him. And I went, Sorry, he goes, The Brits gave them to him, and America, he goes, We both gave them the chemical weapons, and he goes, We gave it to him way back in the early, uh, late 80s, early 90s for Russia and stuff like that. And he goes, But we then got mm. afraid that they might use it against us. So we had to go in. And that was the excuse to go in and burn it. So, you know, you saw footage of oil uh, things getting burnt and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That actually wasn't oil. Apparently, it was the chemical weapons. And he's going, but we couldn't turn around and say we found them because everyone, there would have been investigations saying, well, how the fuck do they make so many? How do they get there? And it would have turned out that the truth would have come out that, well, we gave it to them, so why are we attacking? So we wow. they went there to burn their own chemical weapons. See? <clears throat> strange, strange, strange. Very strange. strange. We have a message. So let, okay, let's, let's play, play this play. message. So the, the, the sad news is, is I'll be taking a sabbatical, so uh, just know that you probably won't lose the game for about a month or so. Maybe longer. Here we'll see. Yeah, game. I'm gonna be, be disappearing off stereo for a while. So, uh, no, just you won't lose for about a month. So, na 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 is it 30 minutes or an hour? I can't quite remember which one it is. I think it's 30 minutes. But um, but yeah, EMC, I will message you. Because why are you going on sabbatical? I want to know. I want to know what's going on. And I haven't been on here too much myself uh, recently. But uh, um, uh, I forgot how much I missed it while speaking to Paul. So I think I'm going to come back with a vengeance now. And uh, get my Ooh, people. And I usually exciting. share my shows with people. And so they jump in. And I haven't really. So, but 
Yeah, I'm going to come back with a vengeance, definitely. Um, but yeah, going on Batman. So you're right, and it's, yeah. and there's there's this thing as well about how people can be good. I mean, let's just take Thomas and Martha Wayne. They tried okay. to improve Gotham, you know, pulling them out of the Great Depression, using their money uh, for good, you know, rather than bad and greed and stuff, and you know, like economically. And it reminds me, and I know people are going to say different things, and I'm still 50-50 about this gentleman, of philanthropists or billionaires like Elon Musk or Bill Gates and stuff who ultimately make vast amounts of money and then go out to possibly help the world. I use the word possibly because we don't really know. Right. I mean, so like with Thomas and uh, Martha Wayne, you know, the, um, I think the thing that everybody remembers the most about them is, you know, their death. And uh, especially the iconic pearls that, um, you know, because like, I'll, I'll tell you, every single show or movie that I have seen, they always show those pearls being ripped and the pearls falling. Every single one from the animated ones to the live action to the TV show. So, um, you know, and uh, the one day that I don't see that, I will get up and I will write whoever did that and go, how dare you not put those pearls in there? Um, but um, I think that, you know, it like it's showing that there are good people out there. But at the same time, like, look at, um, you know, look at Joker and how... Uh, Thomas Wayne treated uh, Arthur Fleck in the bathroom and it's like he spoke to him in this way that made you think like you kind of didn't like Thomas Wayne for a few seconds because you thought man he's like you know making him you know so it's like I think that everybody has this side of to them that it has a little bit of good and a little bit of evil in them. And I think it all depends on what you allow to come out. And I think the same thing happens like in star Wars, especially with uh, Luke Skywalker um, in the, you know, when you see him with the emperor and Darth Vader and he realizes that he's slowly going closer and closer to the dark side, but then he stops and he realizes that I, I cannot let myself go this far. And um, so I think that it just shows that uh, in, in certain Batman movies, it shows this overly like, you know, good, like this, I don't want to say goody two-shoe, but like this, this really like, good-hearted like well-loved people that are generous and um you know because they're billionaires but um yeah can i uh pose three questions i have these three questions as you were talking there because it kind of enlightened me a little bit as well do you mm -hmm. feel when this new batman movie comes out with uh, patterson they'll mm -hmm. show the pearls again 
I think so. I think so because it's been in every single one. I've never noticed that it's been in every single one. I'm not going to lie to you, but I couldn't remember Mm -hmm. that it had. I remember it had been in the first one with uh, Tim Burton and this one. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was. Go ahead, Rish. I'm sorry. No, no, Karen, Karen. No, I like I remember it being in in a lot, like it being in like the Batman Forever with Val Kilmer. Um it being in like anytime it talk anytime he thinks about it, you know, because that's such a, a big part, even in the animated series. Uh, in Joker, you see it, um, and I like I don't know why like that always sticks out to me, but it's like that like the little things that like happens because you know it's like Thomas obviously steps in front of his family, and um, you know where you know, but uh, aside from that, this new Batman, I'm. I'm torn with what, how I feel about this, but I, I do not judge the way that I did because I judged Heath Ledger when I found out that he was going to be playing the Joker. I thought, oh, this is just a terrible mistake. This is going to be awful. Heath Ledger as a Joker, really? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, really? I said, broke back mountain, Heath Ledger? I'm like, oh, like 10 things I hate about you, Heath Ledger. I'm like, that's who you want to play the Joker? And then when I saw it, it shut me up. It shut me up because that was an amazing performance. And, um, you know, so I don't judge uh, now. And I'm hoping that Rob Pattinson does a, uh, you know, a decent job. So you've touched on... um, um... Heath Ledger's uh, Joker. And okay. personally, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Heath Ledger, for me, is the world's best Joker, you know, and it's hard to find someone. And just to give everyone a little snippet of what Heath Ledger sounded like as the Joker, um, I'm just going to quickly play this. And it's so creepy. Yeah, you know, and, and he was, he was, and this man, he, when he played Joker, for, the, for those people who don't know, there was this thing saying, and we don't know if this, if this is true or not, but there's these talks sort of saying that it kind of ultimately led to his death slightly, and I, and I use them words very lightly, so please forgive me, people, but they were saying that he got so into the role that at times he wouldn't take the Joker outfit and he put himself in such, he put his mental state of mind in that role so much that he was literally the Joker when he went home. He lived the Joker. He was the Joker. And they said that could explain certain depression traits that might have kicked in. I mean, I've heard a lot of, I mean, yeah, I mean, because I think that when you method act like that, I think that it it can cause a lot of things. Like I know Sarah Paulson 
said that when she did, when she played Marsha Clark in The People versus OJ, and she also did Sally in The Hotel, she did those back to back in American Horror Story, that uh, she, both of her characters smoked. And she said that at the end of doing that, that she was addicted to smoking. And so uh, she said that it took her a while to quit. But um, I think, I, I do think that, that, you know, that when people get deep into something like that, that they can, it can be really, really difficult. Lady Gaga said the same thing that she, that she had to go right back to being blonde. Otherwise she would be stuck with this Allie character forever. You know, it's like she had to do that in order to shake it off. Mm, strange, strange, strange. Yeah, and he was he was so convincing as the Joker. He was um, just some of his, and that's one thing about Nolan's uh, Batman the way the way he kind of transitioned from Batman begins. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, before we go into Dark, let's talk about the beginning of kind of you know because we talk about the pit, you know, um, yeah, the pit, the the pit kind of is in all three movies. You know, and ultimately everything is the whole Nolan trilogy starts and kind of ends with the pit, you know, yes. uh, of how Ra's old ghoul um, was kind of like a, a missionary, fell in love um, with the king's daughter or something. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Um, and yeah, gets thrown into this yeah. pit. It, sorry? Yeah, 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 I think you're right. The king's daughter. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, and he falls in love with the king's daughter, uh, the king's daughter, or something like that. Um, and then he orders him to be thrown into uh, this prison called the pit, um, and where the girl kind of secretly goes and lives there with him. Um, they then have a child. He then comes out of this dark hole pit, ultimately a changed man. A man who then takes this new belief system of his whereby he tries to change the world. What he believes is for the betterment, but ultimately it's quite bad. Just a bit like um, Thanos from Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got the pit again. Uh, like you see when, um, what do you call it, falls down the pit? Bruce Wayne, he falls down a well. He's stuck in the well, and then his father comes down to pick him out of this well. And when he comes out, he then kind of isn't afraid of the dark as much and so forth. And he uses power differently. We see the same thing with Bane and so forth. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, because a, a Bruce Wayne's fear is, is the dark. Like he was afraid of 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 dark blackness um, and of of bats because you see the bats come over and he's like he's in that he's in that well and he sees this he, he, he sees it he sees this these bats coming at him and um, you know um, I, I agree with you I think that all of it you know with the the with all these different wells and these different holes that you know uh you know a batman bruce wayne finds himself in um 
you know, it's it's like a symbol, um, which a lot of movies have, you know, a movie will show, um, will have things that they want you to pay attention to, and um, it will, you know, tie things in to make you remember and be like, oh, yeah, you know, and I think that that this definitely these pits and all of that are something that are very important to the film because it symbolizes how Batman was was born into this and how he's he has to get himself out. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And one thing about Batman's um, Batman Nolan's Batman is, uh, you know, um, for those of you who haven't seen it, ultimately, uh, just quickly, I, I've got being the people in it. Just give them a quick big up, quick shout, out. big up Lloyd, big up Lena. Uh, but Vader, what's going on, my man? Vader sixty six, where are you? Messaging. Yes, I know you're a welcome. huge Batman fan. Um, and everybody else that was in the room, thank you so much uh, for chiming in. Um, one of the things about Nolan's Batman is just quickly tell everyone. It starts off obviously with Batman Begins, um, uh, his parents dying, and then him trying to seek vengeance from the guy that killed his parents ultimately then realizing that Gotham is full of kind of gangsters and so forth. And he's going down that route because of the decision he's made. So he leaves everything behind. He then goes to find himself. Um, he finds himself in Bhutan uh, where he trains like a ninja uh, under the mm-hmm. league. Um, and Shadows. what happens? Yeah. You know, which is great scenes, actually great, great scenes. Um which is going to go to my next question and I'm going to let you touch on stuff like that. But then after that, he then becomes Batman. Um, then we see uh, the dark Knight, which is basically a journey of self discovery, but then ultimately realizing that you, sometimes you need to be the bad guy in order to be good. Um, that's what I felt. And, you know, we'll touch on Harvey Dent in a minute. And then we, that the movie kind of finishes in the third one with the dark Knight rises, uh, where Batman has to return to kind of show that, well, he was the symbol of truth and justice because people no longer believe, because they believed in something which ultimately they then realised was fake or they was told was fake, their belief system got broken. And when a belief system gets broken, you all goodness tends to disappear. Right. Um, you know, and you kind of lose your values. A little bit like religion. And this is why I've always believed religion is important. You know, I'm a spiritualist. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in any religion. I take what works for me. But in a way, it keeps keeps people sane and good. Now, let's say tomorrow aliens did land on this world and we all then didn't believe in religion or a heaven or hell. Our belief systems would change and then we would end up pretty much being arseholes. You know, I believe, you know, mm-hmm. um, and these are things that keep us in check. So um, going back and I was going to ask this question, when yes. the first Batman, although I love Nolan's trilogy as a whole, as a, as a whole mm-hmm. movie, when I first watched Batman Begins, I loved the movie up until he became Batman that whole thing with Ra's al Ghul and stuff. And I kind of lost, I, did, I lost interest by the time he became Batman in the first one. This was before we knew Dark Knight was going to come and all that kind of stuff as, as my very first time of watching it. How did you feel about, 
Batman Begins as a whole? Uh, Batman Begins as a whole, the thing, okay, out of the three, I feel that it is the weakest out of the three. I think that it is, um, it definitely was a good start. And I think that Christopher Nolan, um, you know, did this thing where he, you know, he went and he tried to make each one better, where in actuality, the the second one was his shining glory. Um, but I agree with you that there were times when it got a little boring in, uh, in certain areas. And, you know, where it'd be like, do we really need to see this? And um, I found it fascinating when he became Batman and you saw him working with Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. And mm-hmm. you saw him like getting these, like these government materials and all of this stuff and, and becoming Batman. And you think, cause before you think like, when watching Batman, you think, how is he able to do that? Like, where would you get something like that? Like, how, like, 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 is that even possible? Like, how is he able to, like, especially like the smoke, um, like, like, like the thing where he would throw like a smoke bomb and then, and then he disappeared. It's like, how, how is he able to do it? It's like, it made it really believable in this movie. I mean, even him climbing up, a, I mean, up on a wall with like this, these gloves that have these, these things on the suit and everything. I I thought it was very fascinating to that. I mean, yes, it was kind of like, I'm sure that most of this stuff does not exist. 99.9% of it. But um, I like that they did that because it seemed like it could happen because there are a lot of things that the government does not tell us that they have. I mean, there are a lot of things. So it is believable. Well, well, Paul, I'm going to, slightly disagree with that whole 99% thing. I believe 99% of the stuff does exist and that's why there were movies being made and do you know where I got that from? I remember there was a movie called um, called Triple X The Next Level. Uh, it was with Ice Cube yeah and uh-huh. they had these things with little drones flying around with cameras and stuff and if I re- remember correctly this was in 2002 this movie came out and they turned around, and some of these, um, and because I, because I back then I was a big DVD buff, um, so I used to watch DVDs with the special features and stuff like that. Oh, same. And the research they did was they went to uh, the government kind of armies and uh, bases to see what new technology they had, so they can put it in this movie. And now a drone is an everyday thing. Right. You know, no, so I do see what you're saying. Yeah. So they've had. You know, I, I don't think it's too hard to have, I mean, like like we get Kevlar suits. Now, you know, a knife cannot go for a Kevlar suit. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, Batman's got suits, which, you know, are bullet penetration and stuff like that. Um, right. You know, they have magnetic things to so people can kind of climb walls and stuff. We've seen that, right. you know. So, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff does exist. Right. And I, you know, and from like, with the, you know, going outside to this one movie, which I wish they would have incorporated this uh, into uh, Nolan's, um, was 
the voice changer that Ben Affleck's Batman had that made it like, you know, that made Batman where it made sense why Batman would sound different because that was the one thing that was really hard for me with Christian Bale. You know, Christian Bale made a really great Batman, but (laughs) at the same time when he was in that suit and he would try so hard, like, where is she? You know, it's kind of like, you know, he's like just with this, this roughness. And it went from like, you know, like the second one, he's like screaming the first one. He's like, you know, he's got like nothing, like there's no difference at all. And then the third one, it's like this, I mean, it just, all, all they, were, they were so different, all three of them. Where with Ben Affleck, it was like, you know, you had this way where it was like, okay, they, it made sense. And, um, you know, where Christian Bale, it was like, he's trying way too hard and sounds like he's hurting his throat and his vocal cords, but um yeah so uh, i agree i agree that there's uh, probably so a with lot you on the whole voice thing and just for those who don't know and i know everyone does let's just give you an example of um oh god the i forgot voice. the actor's name there christian bell christian bell sorry christian bell's uh voice as batman <laughs> <laughs> and i mean I got used to it by the time we got to the end. By the time yes. the trilogy was done, I'm like, okay, that's what he's doing. He's putting a new voice. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. You know, where are we going to go? You know, I, I, I got used to it. But I remember watching it when it first came out and I was like, oh my God, he said, and this is what I mean about Batman Begins. I loved Batman Begins up until he became Batman. And there was things that I didn't like when he became Batman, like the voice, like the scene of what well, I don't know why Nolan chose this, but I feel I felt it was like a ripoff from Spider Man when he's coming down on his batarang. Do you remember that? Upside down. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk, okay, yeah. Talking to the guy, you know, there was things like that, and I was like, oh god, you know. Uh, but overall, if you watch all three together, class movies. Yeah, I mean, you know. So definitely the third one, I mean, the first one was kind of weak. And the one, uh, they, they made a, a, a role change from uh, the first movie to the second one, which was um, Rachel Doss' character. So yes. in the first movie, we had Miss, um, oh gosh, I can't believe I forgot, Kate. Uh, Kate, Kate Perry, not name? Kate Perry, the one who married Tom Cruise. Yeah, the one that married Tom Cruise. What was her name? She would play Joey. On, Something um, Holmes. Katie, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. So Katie Holmes, and then we had uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal play her, uh, play her in the second one. And uh, to me, I looked and I thought that uh, Kate did it well in the. You know, she did a good job. Um, and then uh, I thought Maggie did a good job as well. Um, but um, I don't know, like, I, I wish that they would have gone with maybe Maggie for both of them. That way they, you know, it could have been kind of like, you know, I mean, good, that's just me. It's like, I want cohesiveness, you know? Yeah, I, I don't, I think it was something to do with uh, Tom Cruise and the time of oh, definitely. splitting up. 
I think that's why she kind of stepped away from the role of of um, of that. I don't know, but I, I, did you like Gyllenhaal's uh, character as that, or did you prefer Holmes's Rachel? I liked. Um, I think I liked Maggie Gyllenhaal's better, um, and it, plus I just liked her. I, I liked her role. Uh, Rachel's role better in uh, The Dark Knight than I did in Batman Begins. I mean, she had a she had a great role in in, in Batman Begins. Don't get me wrong; she was a strong female in that. But um, it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Who did you prefer? Uh, I think I think Gyllenhaal definitely. Um... Yeah. I don't know if this is uh, a childhood crush from when she made that movie. Um, was it called The Secretary or something? Well, um, from um, Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah, the one with where... Is it Matthew? Not Matthew Bo Derek. Oh, God. Matthew Broderick? Maybe. I think so. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I thought she definitely did a did a better job, you know, because there's this thing that that Katie Holmes does with her mouth that distracts <laughs> me. Um, it, no, like literally, it's this thing, and um, Anne Hathaway does a perfect on SNL does like this perfect impression of her, where it's kind of like her like one side of her lip is like completely down to her chin and then the other side is like basically up to her nostril and it's like she's got like this 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 smile that she just does it's kind of like this you know, you know. she's like a female version of Sylvester Stallone when she oh I never it. thought of it like that <laughs> Oh, she's a pretty girl. She's a pretty girl, no matter what. I mean, she is. But, she know, is a pretty girl. She is a pretty you know. girl. I'm being mean. I'm being mean, but I know. Yeah, exactly, well, well, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But mm -hmm. um, we've got some messages, so I think okay. we should definitely go through yes. these just to let everyone know quickly. Um, I think it was as a, as a. Oh no! Sorry, it's, I swear someone just messaged me. Someone messaged me, but I don't know where it's gone. Why has that not come up? Maybe they deleted it. No, no, no. Hold on. Oh, here we go. It's in my primary for some reason. Oh no. Um. It said it said the the the, the movie of the name, but I, I don't know where it's gone. I can't see it. Strange. Right. Okay. Let's press play. Okay. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. My favorite scene has to be in the Dark Knight, where Batman goes, Where's the pussy? Where is it? And Joker goes, You need to get yourself some Wookiee pussy, Batman. You like Star Wars? <laughs> I gotta say, that was, that was really good. done well. I mean, even the Joker laugh. Ugh. In fact, I'm gonna play it now. And, and, no, I'll share it later. Remind me, message me that I have to share that later. That was that was epic. Well done, well done. Because I know there's a delay good. when I share it on this for some reason. The over thing. Hey guys, I love this topic. So uh, I do love the trilogy. I will say though, the Dark Knight itself, the second installment, was probably um, stood out to me because it was probably, in my opinion, 
one of, if not the greatest superhero films of all time. Uh, oh, yeah. And for a lot of reasons, but I mean, you know, just the, just the social, political, philosophical, uh, you know, perspectives that are played out in the film um, are just so dense and, and rich. And it's it's you can you I can well, I watch a movie all the time, and I just you know pick up something new um, every time. And something that's overlooked a lot by people is I think I mentioned this to Rishi before, but the most important part of that film is when the Joker switches the addresses. Batman between Harvey Dent and uh, his girlfriend uh, because that, and that's the most important part of the film because what, what the Joker does there hold on I'm running out of time uh, one more message oh let's go <laughs> straight to the next message yes he's got a bunch sorry um, what the Joker does there is basically uh, put, put Batman in a, in a dilemma that says essentially okay if you really are what you believe you are purport yourself to be these this paragon of justice and and whatnot, then you're going to go try to save Harvey Dent because he's the district attorney. He's the one who's doing the most good uh, in terms of you know fighting crime in Gotham City and whatnot. So if that's really who you are and what you're about, what you stand for, you'll go save Harvey Dent. If you do that, you'll be rewarded by finding your girlfriend there. But if you're not, if you're just some guy in a suit, which is basically the Joker's whole argument. Yeah. about Batman is that if you're just some guy in a suit who has the ability to impose his will because you have the resources to do that uh, you're just going to go try to save your girlfriend and if you do that you'll be punished by finding Harvey Dent and so that's what happened so Batman proves without knowing it Joker's point that Batman ultimately uh, is just some guy in a suit doing what he wants and that, that's his whole point yeah that's so deep mm. yep and he's absolutely right and we have spoke about it briefly before and you know, and I and I remember that, and I, you know, it was, it was always one of them scenes where it touches you so much because it is about that whole thing about what what separates us from ultimately being bad in society, you know, and and it's the same thing what Harvey Dent is going through as well uh, through his time. I mean. First of all, let's just let's just talk about Harvey Dent. You know, okay. Harvey Dent, his character is played so well. You get the district attorney mm. who's who's fighting for justice, fighting for truth. But then when life knocks him down, look how far a man would go and how they can change. You know, and it's something Paul you touched on a little bit earlier, where you said. Mm-hmm. When, when you're using the kind of example of Luke Skywalker and stuff like that, that we all have something bad in us and we can all go down this dark route, but ultimately we stop ourselves. But there's always a tipping point for someone, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah. And I think that's what happened with Harvey was that that tipping point was, is that he just lost the love of his life, you know, and, uh, and it was it just it was crushing for him and he practically just lost everything and not not only that too is that you know he's lost his um his appearance as well it's like he's like half of his face is gone you know he's very scary to look at um and um you know uh yeah so I agree. I think that when pushed, I think that anybody can 
can snap at some point. And I think that that is just what happened. And it just showed this side of Harvey that was, you know, like, like you saw this really good. And, and I think too, correct me if I'm wrong. So earlier in the, in the film, I think you see Harvey do something that could have been considered to be like illegal or something. Um, And I think Rachel calls him out. And then she, he's basically like, he's like, oh, nobody will know. Um, and she's like, Harvey, she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, what? He's, he's like, what? He says, they're bad guys. He says, they need to go to jail anyway. Mm. He says, what are you so worried about? You know, so it kind of showed the side to him that was like, he, it, it's like, is like, it gave you this hint that is he really as, as um like is he really as great and as pure as everyone is making him out to be and i think that that's what rachel saw and um you know even though that she still really loved him man no i I, i'm with you and it 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 was for me see i like the going back to uh thingy's last one i like Dark Knight and it was absolutely amazing and it still is. Mm-hmm. But I did love Dark Knight Rises. I loved the whole Bane business. And we're gonna touch we're gonna touch on Bane in just a second and all sorts and Tom Hardy's portrayal. Um but you're right, when it comes to when it comes to the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger and everyone, it's just got so many layers to it. In fact, like I said before we start this conversation, I haven't seen that movie in such a long time. You know, the, everything I'm going off by is something that, like, because w- when it first came out, all these movies, I watched them many times, but I haven't watched them in recent times. But just me and you talking about it now, you know what I'm doing after this show, don't you? Oh, yeah, watching The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going straight for it, straight for it. But Overthinker, yeah, let's yeah. go. And Michael, I see you there. Big up to Michael. Big up Cranston. We're coming to you guys in just a second. Lots of love. Yes. Uh, another theory about the trilogy that I, I read somewhere that I found... Uh, thought-provoking was some of you guys thought about this but uh, you remember how in the third one they were talking about a that 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 you know virus or that thing or that that usb whatever that could erase your entire history um you know and and every record you ever had and everything like that but we forget that in the dark night they could not find any records on the joker so it it implies that at some point um, he, that that USB or that system was used on him and wiped out his entire history. So he, he they can't find anything about him in any database. Um, even I even read a theory that he is the one who created that. Um, he's actually the the designer of that. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, but something to think about. I'm gonna be Ooh. honest. I like you. <laughs> I gave you a follow. Um, Ooh, that's deep. Oh yeah, I mean it's been ages since I've watched them, and I think I've got to go back to that overthinker. Um, mm-hmm. Like, but that 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 I, I don't remember that bit actually. I I really don't. I'm gonna to have to look into that. That, that that's epic. That is epic you know, if that's the case. Is he talking yeah. about the sonar thing that that Bruce Wayne ultimately designs and then retires from because he believes that it's got the thing to like be a nuclear bomb? Is that what he's talking about? He's talking about the thing that Selena Kyle wants to get her hands on, which is to completely erase her history and just start over. Like she wants that, what, everything. 
Yeah. That's from the she Dark wants... Knight Rises, right? That's from the Dark Knight the Rises. Okay. In the third one. So Anne Hathaway as uh, basically as Catwoman. Yeah. Um, so she basically is trying to get her hands on this thing to erase all of her past, everything, so she could start over. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, um, which is another thing that I really want to touch on because I truly believe if I were in a superhero movie, I would be a villain. And not because I'm evil, but because people would think that I am because of what I, because I, I would like, like again like i want to take like selena kyle as an example when we get to it because it's like even in uh the this newest wonder woman movie uh which was really awful by the way um uh kristen kristen wig is uh her cheetah character same thing it was like she got a hold of this power and wonder woman's like you need to let it go and she's like i'm not letting this go for nothing and it's like i i get it it's like I wouldn't want to let it go either. So I, I would be a villain. I know I would be. <laughs> <laughs> like I would, and I wouldn't kill nobody. I wouldn't kill nobody. But I would be to a point where it's like I am not giving up shit. You know, so, uh, yeah. But so that is what that <laughs> can, can is I, what. Well, uh, can I ask what kind of a villain you'd be? I don't. I, I don't even know. I would just be to that point. Like, okay, so. I liked, like, if I got this thing, the ability to, like, you know, all of a sudden, like, Captain America go into, like, this tube and get, like, a hot body and everything, you know, and then, like, everybody think I'm great and all that and, you know, get all this attention and then, you know, some type of superhero is telling me that I need to give this up because it's wrong, you know, and, you know, it's the right thing to do. You need to do what's right. I would look at that superhero and I would say, no, fuck that. This is, you have no idea what it was like for me before this. I like this. People are noticing me now. So screw you and your case. I am, uh, you know, staying here. So then they would be like, well, you need to give it up. I'm going to fight you for it. So I'm going to fight you back. You know? (laughs) So that's interesting. Because ultimately, the movie, especially The Dark Knight, and going about that you turn into a villain and stuff. And it is about how Harvey Dent is the White Knight, then technically becomes the Dark Knight, sort of, you know, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, because he becomes bad and stuff. And out of it, the new movie opens because of the Dent Act. And the Dent Act is a talk about all kind of what everyone's going through at the moment with laws and stuff. Um, And it's an act which kind of allows you to arrest people without the idea of kind of parole and stuff. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, and you know, and then everyone is thinking that Batman is the bad guy because yeah. everyone thinks that Batman killed the White Knight, who was Harvey Dent, who was their savior. And um, you know, and even um, you know, and great casting for this guy too, for Commissioner Gordon by uh Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. I thought yeah. that was such an excellent casting choice. Uh he knows the truth. Only a few officers know. It's uh, a Gordon and I think two others that know the absolute truth. 
that, you know, that Harvey was evil and Batman decided to, you know, sacrifice his, you know, his image for Harvey. So, yeah. And, you know, another big thing that happened in the Dark Knight that I think is like so crazy and I wonder what I would do would be when the two boats uh, are in the river and the Joker says that there is a bomb, a bomb. Yeah. on both of them. And if the one boat presses the one, their boat will be saved. If the other yeah. boat presses theirs, they'll be saved. Who will go first? And then you hear the people just arguing and thinking, go, let's just blow it up. We'll save ourselves. And it's like, it's like it's showing what what when humanity is pushed what will happen because it's like black friday okay i remember black (laughs) friday one time i went over there people were acting like we were like we were in the jungle like we were a bunch of you know wild animals going after some type of product and people were like tramping trampling you know, others, and I finally looked and I threw myself onto products and I was calling people bitches and hoes and, <laughs> you know, and because I needed that video game and, you know, and by the end of it, it was like, you know, people cussing each other out. So again, it's like when humanity is pushed, it's like, you know, the claws come out. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it goes to touch on what human psychology what our psyches are really about, you know, because ultimately we're just, our nature is to be greedy and selfish in right. a weird way, isn't it? No matter how much we try, ultimately something, something like Black Friday, we'll forget about other people's kind of needs and we'll just push past. I've done it. I know I have, you know, um, don't get me wrong. I've come home and thought, fuck, you know, that was mad. Why the hell? And the next time I'd never go again. I'm like, oh, I'm not going through that. Um, and I don't like it. But I, I, I've done it. And it just goes to show when you want something, to what lengths does a human go to to go and get it, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, where, how far would you go for that? And, um, you know, and then also, too, it's like, is it going to bring you this? happiness that you hoping that it will bring you you know especially when you're like trying to like you know get like replace something that you've lost like um you know because i think that that's a lot of things that heroes are or that villains are trying to do it's like they're trying to get some type of revenge and you know once the revenge is you know you know once that person that has done something to hurt them is gone it's like you know has it really fixed anything like you know do you think this stems from and sorry i'm I'm not going off point but do you think this stems from just our our nature as humans going through kind of neanderthal homo sapiens and stuff like that and then coming out as the way we did that our ultimate nature is to kind of fight for what we want and would go to any means to get it. Because ultimately, we, we, we would have been doing that with food and stuff like that, like being ruthless, um, impulsive and stuff like that to achieve what we want. I, I mean, I think that we have been trained, if we weren't trained to 
be told that this is how we're supposed to be like like we're supposed to be polite we're supposed to you know we're supposed to stop at the red light you know yellow means slow down green means go I think that you know we would be savages and I think that you know it would be like a much more violent I think it would be just like how wild animals are I mean you know we would I, I mean, yeah, I think that it, it could be very wild and, you know, primal and, you know, but because we're taught how to, how to behave, I think that it's, um, it's something that we've basically learned and taught. But I think too, that a lot of it has to do with our sense of morality as well. I think that when our, that when our morals and our, um, like the way we feel about certain things, you know, because there are people out there like a serial killer that have no feelings of like remorse or even feelings of love. And so I think that, you know, that's what makes us uh, unique in certain things. Not that animals can't feel that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is just that like we have this way of like, um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Does it make sense what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, it does. I, yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. <gasps> I, I, it's a, such an intense conversation. Big up to everyone. I know. For Batman. For Batman. Batman. I know. It, it just goes to show how how deep and how, you know, you can you can get into someone's psychology and get into theories with movies like this, you know. Big up I to everyone. I know. Noise, this is why I love film. Yeah, everyone in the room. Uh, do you mind if we go for some messages, Paul? Yes, let's get through them. Yes. Yes, it was called, yeah, the secretary. <laughs> Her and uh, James Spader. Yeah. Okay. One thing I find interesting about The Dark Knight is that it's the first Batman movie that took sort of a dark perspective and um, explored the character of the Joker and how the Joker like came to be the way that he was. But also, there was a movie called The Crow in the 90s that oh, was the yeah. first sort of, like, dark kind of superhero-ish sort of movie that I ever saw. And I feel like The Dark Knight took a few cues from that movie. But also there are some, uh, some like, slight parallels between the character uh, of the Joker and... Um, that of the crow, uh, from the crow movie. So it's, it's interesting. You know, the one thing that I thought that I found to be extremely uncomfortable about the dark Knight, which is something that I always think is key when you're watching a movie is when a movie is able to make you feel something is when the Joker starts, um, there like they're, the music that they used, like the sounds that they used, it was this high pitch, uncomfortable sound. Like when he's sitting there talking to Rachel about how he got his, his scars, it started out really like, like the volume was sort of low on this sound. And it slowly got higher and higher and higher and higher until it was ringing. And it was like, and you're just sitting there and you're like, I want this sound to stop. And you're like, and it was making you feel so uncomfortable. 
And that is what is so important about a soundtrack or and a score for a movie is, is that it's going to make you feel like that. Like if that wasn't there, that would take that scene down so many levels of uncomfortableness. But what I liked about that is it's even when um, that same thing happens, which is, I think is one of the creepiest parts of this film is when they're all standing there they think that they found this guy and they're all rushing to go to the apartment where they think he is. Mm. And uh, there's all these armed soldiers in their uniforms and they're doing like, it looked like some type of, um, I wouldn't say a parade, but kind of like a, uh, I don't know. So they were all around and then they're going and you're seeing it's panning through all of these men in, from, in their uniforms. And then it gets to one and it pans up and it's Heath Ledger with no makeup on and you just see his scars. And then he turns and he shoots the person standing at the podium. And I remember it was like, it was the way he looked, it was so, I mean, it was it like freaked me out because it's like he, because they realized that he was a, um, they considered him, they, they found out some information about him being a, uh, an Afghanistan um, soldier that lost his mind. And yeah, so mm. very dark. Very, very, very right. Let's carry on with these messages. We got Michael. You guys are both wrong. Dark Knight Rises was Garbage. Ah, oh, a Ooh. level of disrespect. Who, mm. Michael? I I don't think Dark Knight Rises was garbage. That whole Bane. It wasn't garbage. I, I I believe it was definitely on par with Dark Knight. Right. It wasn't at the same like it was. It, it it got close to it. I don't think it was at the same it, like. The Dark Knight was definitely better, but this was yeah. pretty close to it. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you, Rishi. I mean, I mean, you look at uh, Tom Hardy's depiction of Bane. Epic. Oh, so good. So, so the I mean, the way you stop. Please, can't, I can't even do it. Can you do it? Can you do Bane's accent? No, I can go hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I could do. It's kind of like a Yoda mixed with a. Um, <laughs> Ah, oh, my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we have butchered kinda... Bane. We have officially Poor butchered Bane. Bane. Poor Bane. <laughs> yeah. All right. Over but... Sorry. Uh, the other thing that I want to add about <clears throat> the Dark Knight about Joker. So, if, if, if what people don't realize is that um, what makes the Joker so clever and intelligent is his prediction like his understanding of how humans operate and because the one thing that blows up his plan and the only person who ever defeats the joker uh, really in the film uh it's not just batman who gets him you know who ties him up all the stuff it's the guy on the boat it's the it's the guy debo he actually yeah. defeats the joker because the I one thing you have that. to do to just to disrupt the joker's plan is not allow yourself to be seduced by your the the, the your worst mm-hmm. angels because even in the beginning, all the guys had to do when they were doing the robbery is not kill the other guy, and Joker's plan is completely destroyed. 
because they will be like, hey, wait, he, t- he said to kill me, whatever. And, and so, but it's because he knows what they're going to do. His plans always work out. Yep. I mean, you even see the Joker's face when he realizes that his plan didn't work. He's like, like, you just see it. Yep. And, you know, he's absolutely right. Um, it was it was Tiny Lister's character who kind of takes the, the device of the bomb away, you know, holds it. And he goes, if anyone's going to, you got to come through me. And you're right. The bat doesn't defeat. The... But that's the thing in the comics ever since. Like, if you look at Batman's aliases throughout the comics and that it, it still even up until this day virtually not much is known about joker's past life or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, or, or his real name or anything you know um and it's like his psyche the way the way he thinks is because it, it's kind of like a psychologist of the highest rankings he understands people's nature he understands what people would do you know, or, or how far they would go. And For a Klondike bar. Them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he, and he does. He, he does. You're absolutely right. We should get, I don't know, I've never done this before. If we got um, the overthinker on here with us as a co-host, as a third person, what do you think? Oh, I think we should do that. Yeah, let me do this. Let me turn this on. But, but w- will his messages still be played? Yeah, his messages will still be played. So, um... Because I've never actually done a three-way on stereo yet. Oh my! All right, we'll we'll pop your cherry. You're gonna, Paul. You have. You're gonna pop in my cherry. I I know. Oh my gosh. Um. Let's see. Okay. Uh. All right. I'm turning this on. Um. Yes. Go ahead and request to join us. Um. Uh. uh, What was his username? Overthinker. Overthinker. Go ahead and join us. So. Right, while he's doing that, we'll just go through the messages so that way we can. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of with you, Paul. I'd probably be a villain too. Um, yo, 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 yo overthinker. Hey, you hear me? Yeah, just What's about. Seem, seem a bit distant. Oh, sorry. How about now? Yeah, that's good. Hello? Okay. Yep. What's up? You're good. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for bringing me on. Cool. Yeah. I'd love to. Love to. Uh, the thing is, because I, 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 thank you so much for joining in. This is my very first three-way. So big up to Paul. Big Mine up too. to Overthinker. Thank, thank you for everyone in the room as well. Um, if we go and carry on pressing play with your messages first, would that would that be weird while you're on here? A little bit. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what do you think? Um, well, you know, so w- why don't you tell us some more about what what some of the things that you said or or what you think? You know, sure. that way since you're on here, and then we could just yeah. go to other other people's. Yeah, no, all I was saying was, um, you know, uh, I think the other message I thought about was how. Uh, and that scene where he's uh, so first of the sound thing you mentioned about the uh, the sound, I, I I felt that I also agree that uh, that was clever filmmaking. I don't know if they did on purpose, but it was it was genius because that sine wave sound where it kind of like inclines mm-hmm. and like it, it raises the tension and whatnot almost parallels his arc uh, as a character in the story because he begins as like this low level guy, no one's really taking him seriously, don't think it's a threat, and then 
it kind of ratches up and he's getting more and more um, dangerous and his impact is growing and at the point that's like a, at a fever pitch and he drives the whole city crazy. So I, I don't know if they did that deliberately, but I thought that was also very brilliant filmmaking that that, that sound parallels him as well. And then I think the other thing I mentioned was that scene where, you know, he's telling the guy how he got the scars and whatnot. Um, and then he breaks the pool stick and says, oh, we're going to have tryouts. You know, <laughs> you know, what he's doing there is one, ensuring that he has only the most savage, ruthless members of his group, but at the same time, making sure they're isolated. So he, don't, he, wants, he doesn't want people who are familiar with each other. There's only like two or three guys who know each other on his team. He wants them all isolated so they don't form mm-hmm. like a coalition an against him later, an alliance later. So he, it's just all these little things that, that he does strategically with the film, as I watch it over and over again, I pick up on. I just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a masterful film. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And there's one bit that you mentioned, the overthinker, um, and that was of the bit of how no one believes he's serious. Um, yeah. Technically, they believe he's a joker. You've got all you've got right. Eric Roberts, who's one of the gang bosses, great actor by the way, from the best of the best, and oh, yeah. always, you know, from the specialist. I've I really loved Eric Roberts' his movies in my, in my time, um, and. That they, they, they look at him as practically a clown, a clown. who can't do anything, and he right. turns out being the greatest villain of them all. And I think that's actually right. a tactic he does. He's he's he that that affect uh, is a is in, in a lot of ways I think a charade. He he does that to throw off his enemies, so they don't so they they don't believe they don't understand how you know thorough he thinks and how strategic and how you know they they look at him and like oh he's just a wacky psycho crazy guy. I actually think that's a, that's a tactic he's using because even the part in the beginning, the guy's like, "You're crazy." He he looks at him, he's like, "No, I'm not." Like telling him, like, "You you don't understand what you're who you're dealing with here." Like, I, I, this is all a kind of an act that um and and so I, I actually think that's the the way it's presented in the film. That's deliberate. He 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 throws people off by acting really insane and really crazy. He's not inside. He's very calculating. And very very clever. So, you know, another crazy scene that really was disturbing to me was when I forget who played it it was either Harvey Dent or it was uh, a Bruce Wayne one of them played this video where a guy was tied up and uh, the Joker was having him uh, read something and the Joker says look at me and then he wouldn't look up at him and finally he says look at me and the way he says it it was so it was so freaky. And then yeah. the guy kind of looks up at him and then he says something and then the camera turns around to the Joker and I thought, oh my God, he looks so sadistic. He looks so, he looks, he looks frightening. It was, it yeah. was terrifying. I mean, it was so, it, I mean, when he said that at the top of his voice, like, 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 look at me. Yeah. It was like, that was the real yeah. him inside coming out for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it was dark. You're right. Very dark, yeah. Uh, he had some of the best um, dialogues ever for a Joker, um, mm-hmm. and and it was Heath Ledger who actually pulled off the voice so well. I mean, he could say the most oh, yeah. like "Evening Commissioner," you know, and and the way yeah. he, instead of saying "Evening Commissioner," "Evening Commissioner," like it just sounded so evil, and like. There was things like, yeah, you know, I remember him saying, if, if, if you're good at something, never do it for free. And mm-hmm. 
he, he had some of the best dialogues I've ever heard, you know. Um, absolutely great. Absolutely great. Yeah. The so. laugh was perfect. The laugh was great. I mean, because I think if you think about all the other people that played the Joker, even iconic, like Mark Hamill did it in the animated yep. series. Like Mark did it like so well. Like he, like his version was, was really good, but there's like this, like to me, I look and I think about like, there's four Jokers that stand out to me and it's like Heath Ledger, uh, Mark Hamill's, uh, Jack Nicholson and then Joaquin Phoenix. It's yep. like they they order. all stand out to me. Right. They all stand out to me as like like wow. And um you know, but specifically I think that um that I think Heath Ledger's is the most realistic. Well, mm-hmm. I think that and Joaquin's are both the most realistic, especially Joaquin's, because I think that that was actually like, like, wow. You know, again, this is why I think I would be a villain, because exactly like Joaquin, it's like, you know, nothing's going right, you know, and it's just like, you know, I just want equal rights here. I just want fucking yeah. equal rights. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you're not going to give it to me. Okay. That's the other thing I commented in one of my comments that you just, you just reminded me was how I, I was I was agreeing with you that, yeah, and I'd probably end up be a villain as well in a superhero film, only because as I get older, I find myself understanding and agreeing with the villains more and more. So, like, right. for example, like Lex Luthor, right? Not just the Eisenberg, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor, but just the character in general. Lex Luthor has a valid point when it comes to Superman. It's basically like, look, this guy is the most powerful being we know about, and he has the mind of a man. Now, how sometimes do men go crazy? How, like, somebody, he loses somebody close to him or whatever. He could kill all of us. Like, what does that look like? So, and it's not, and he's not, a, it's not like we have any kind of, uh, you know, legal conflict with detaining or destroying him. He's not even a human being. He's an alien. And he's come to this planet and he's, he's extremely powerful. Like, even though he's doing good things now, uh, you know, yeah, he's choosing to do that now. But then what? Then when he decides to lose his fucking mind, but we're all dead, like, so, you know, I start understanding the villain a little more on their point because it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. But what about, I mean, it's the same with Thanos. I mean, when you look yeah. at Thanos, ultimately, all that he succeeded of killing half the world's population and anything in the cosmos and the universe. Yeah. But he did it like, for, <laughs> but, but, but he did it for good reason because yeah. we find out in Endgame, like, you know, uh, people are, there's more food for people. Um, people have got more space to live in. Um, like, could you imagine traffic with like half of everyone gone? Like, <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> the seas are clear, there's yeah. no pollution in the air. Um, so ultimately, who's the I... bad guy? Who's the villain here? What's going on? Who's the good guy? <laughs> I at least would have been like, guys, let's think about this for a second. Maybe <laughs> we can. Let's not just dismiss him outright. Let's let's hear him out here. <laughs> Ultimately, I think we. I've just realised the three of us on this panel are making our own evil squad. I know. Yes. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we're like we're like the, right. This is what it is. We're like you know down in the sewers as they where because uh, I forget like the Adam West one. Remember they had their own little secret hideout, <laughs> and then they all sat around a table. And they all planned together, you know. And they're all in their costumes, like for some reason, like no one was Jesse Cash. Yeah. Like they're all. In 
All in their costumes. But, uh, yeah. Now, I think moving on to uh, The Dark Knight Rises, I think Mm. that the realisticness is still there in Mm -hmm. the villains, I think, especially with um, uh, Selina Kyle and um, uh, even Bane. I think Bane is... uh, is realistic in a way that it's like, because um, c- c- you remember in uh, Batman and Robin uh, with George Clooney when it was like, you know, he had like all this venom and all that in him and you know, <laughs> yeah. went from being this skinny twig to like this, like, like beefed up, like steroid guy. And, um, where this made more sense and it's like even to where it's like why he's wearing a mask because it's like he can't breathe on his own it's like it right. makes perfect sense you know i don't know why batman just didn't try to rip that thing. that'd be my first move just rip that thing off his face he's right. down like that's it <laughs> i don't know why so, that didn't so do you know one thing uh, with the whole bane character and you're right by the way paul i have to agree with you um the, this is by far the best Bane portrayal in any movie, any anything that we've ever seen in the past, I think, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially better than that god-awful um, Bane that we had with Poison Ivy or whatever in uh, right. Batman and Robin. Um, and... Burn. <laughs> but then you got Tom Hardy is one of them actors, no matter who he plays or what role he does, he, he, oh, yeah. he changes his body, his figure, his it. accents, you know, taking mm-hmm. from the craze, you know, when he's playing the two twins separately or whatever. But Bane's character here was amazing. And the way he takes on the bat and defeats the bat is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I did feel there was something missing. And I want to see what you lot thought. What do you think was missing in this Bane as a bad guy? Um, what was missing? I mean, it, you know, if you're talking about fidelity to the source material, I mean, Bane, from what I understand, his backstory was that, I, and I think they still kind of stayed close to it, but he was, his father committed crimes or whatever, and then they locked him up, uh, mm-hmm. and he'd been in that prison since he was a child, and they were doing testing on him, uh, and that's why he had that, that thing in the, in the, you know, to his to his back and was pumping him full because that 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 aspect although it was comical and silly of him and robin that was actually true to the to the comic that was what it was he was he had a venom to put right. through him and if it stopped pumping he would die, he could die. Uh, and so um you know it, it although yeah it's, it's a pulse point it, it, this was a little more grounded um their approach with him and whatnot so and that fit the the format that nolan was going for in his universe um but no, I mean, as far as the character, I mean, Tom Hardy, you know, he's, he's, what's that meme? You know, it's, it's someone who understands the assignment. He understood the assignment. Like, he, he totally got it. I think the thing that he didn't really translate well was for the voice. To me, yeah. it was really hard to understand him. Um, I thought that the idea was great. I, I don't think it, it didn't terrify me in a way that the jokers did and, and it was um, hard to know where what accent that was like where was he from like i, I mean pinpoint. right it sounded like yoda in <laughs> in ways it sounded like a mix between yoda and uh kermit the frog 
And, uh, no shade. I was born um, in the darkness, molded by it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he um, but I think that the aspect, like the strength aspect, I thought all that was there. I thought yeah. him, because you know the big thing that happens in the comics that only Bane does is break Batman's back, mm-hmm. and that was like a huge part of it. To where it was like that was like I mean they did it like they took an entire page out of the comics just to show Bane breaking his back and like you yeah. want like it was like huge so mm-hmm. the fact is is that they made that very realistic with him um, I think that <clears throat> to answer your question Rishi, I think that he wasn't as uh, terrifying as uh, as Bane seems in the comics or the uh it wasn't as tall. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna come on. I think Bane is a, a like obviously in the comic and they had to for for, for the Nolan universe and, and for uh movie buffs, so to say. Or not even just people that want to watch movies and ain't fans of the comic. There was things you couldn't do, you know, um like Bane does because he gets stronger and bigger and stuff like that and you know, right. we weren't obviously going to see that. So, and thank God to that. But I think we could have seen him, like, mentally be a lot stronger, um, mentally be more villainous, and it's something we didn't get. That that that's my, my my feeling with it. Like 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 Paul was saying, I wasn't scared of Bane. I felt Batman could have defeated Bane very easily. Yeah, which ultimately yeah. he does in the end. You know, I know. Yeah. And how many yeah, people did I... Bane kill in the film? Did he kill anybody? He does. Because in the comics, but... he kills people. Yeah, you're right. And, and he does, he kills that guy in the beginning near the plane on the plane. Do you remember? Right. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he kills about two people. I don't think it's a lot. Oh, he kills the person in the um. Yeah, the guy who uh, who who brings him who, who frees him because they're doing that deal, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Mm. So, right. Yeah, so he kills that guy, um, I can't remember his name now, when they're doing that, oh, God, it's been so long since I've seen him, but I remember he kills him because they're doing a business deal together, and he goes, oh, this is not me, I'll be taking over, you know? <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I think in the comics, too, it was the way he kills people, because, you know, Bane would, like, grab someone's head with, like, his hand, and just crush it you know or like or like you know break their neck like not even like his whole arms his hand he just grabbed their head just you know and that's what made him like really menacing and terrifying was like geez this guy could just just pop your skull if he wanted to and does it's not like and uh, you know so right. i guess you know i guess that'd be difficult to pull off again in nolan universe but uh right yeah there's certain aspects of him that that uh you can't really translate the film i guess he was because Bane in the comics was like a Philistine, you know, like yeah. you know, like like eight foot tall and all this and that, you know, yeah. and you know they ain't got nobody like that. Well, we got a couple messages. Oh here. yeah, let's see. Okay, go let's ahead. play these. I'll say the Game of Thrones guy could have done it. Remember the Game of Thrones guy? The mountain. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that would oh, be yeah. epic. Epic. That would been that would be crazy. Just mm. want people right. I don't know. I think everyone has a Batman, you know. It's basically the Batman they remember the, the 
themselves uh, watching as a kid or a Batman they remember or what most touched them from reading like the comics. So like for myself, I'm a, I was a Batman comic fan when I was younger. And uh, when it comes to all the different uh, Jokers, myself, it's, it's Mark Hamill. Um, I loved the Burton stuff, but I felt like um, the Burton... I, I like Batman Returns uh, far yeah. better than any other Batman movie. But that, I mean, I was a kid then, so that was my Batman, you know. Um, and then as far as, like, the animated series, that entire animated series included the movie... That was it for me. It's not for everyone. Like I, I didn't care for the Dark Knight at all. <gasps> oh, my Bite God. your tongue. Bite your tongue. No, but oh, I, my I, God. Your views, people. Him. Your views. I agree with them all at the end, uh, up to the end. Uh, I did the anime oh. series was phenomenal, and there was a lot of stories. If you look at the anime series, they ripped off it's a so lot good. of the storylines from that series uh, and put it in later films. Harley Quinn came from the series. People don't realize that they, they think Correct. she came from the comics. She came Mr. from the, from the anime series. Mr. J. <laughs> yeah, hey, Mr. And, J. Uh, and yeah, for me, Keaton, Michael Keaton was <laughs> for me. Michael Keaton was the best overall Batman because like every every you know. Different people played Bruce Wayne better, but not Batman, or Batman better, but not Bruce Wayne. Keaton, for me, nailed both aspects, like Bruce Wayne and Batman, completely. Like in my, at that, but again, I was a kid at that time, so that's probably why. I have yeah, that yeah, yeah, I was but. too. But like, I loved too with with Harley and Poison Ivy. Go, oh, Red, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, Paul? What about for you though? So going on to, I think it was Reggie. I can't remember who sent the message in. Like people will always perceive that character to be their best. Like, for, like let's take Star Wars, you know. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. the best Jedi will always be um, Mark Hamill, you know, uh, as Luke Skywalker, or possibly maybe even Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Ewan McGregor, whatever, because yeah. we were young at that time when these movies came out and so forth. Um, I- I'm going to ask you who your best Batman is, but like, I know Overthinker just said for him, it's Michael Keaton for that time. <sighs> For me, mm. it has changed though, and uh, uh, for me, Christian yeah. Bale was my Batman. I grew up with now as a kid. I grew up with Keaton's Batman, and I loved it. But then, as I was growing up, I didn't mind Val Kilmer's Batman. You know, I thought, okay, not bad, good Bruce Wayne. You know, quite a good Batman. Hated the movie, but as a Batman, still didn't think he was a Keaton Batman, but he was good. Then Christian mm-hmm. Bale. Forget George Clooney, whatever happens, never talk about him ever yeah, again. Never but, talk about it. Yeah, you know, um, but the, he's like Voldemort in the Batman series, isn't he? The one who should not be mentioned. <laughs> but, should not be named, right? Yeah, he should not be named. But then you, th- then there was Christian Bale, and for me, I love him as Batman. However, I the am, voice. I am a Batflick fan now. Really? Yeah. I- I gotta say, yeah, I'm 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 in the outliers with you too. I, people really gave him a lot of shit. I didn't think he was yeah. terrible. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible at it. I think it was it, it was. I mean, the problem is though with him is that we know Ben Affleck, so we're so familiar with him that it's hard not to just see him as Ben Affleck in a Batman suit. You know what I'm saying? Like the other ones was like. It, it, that that was such a that was like one of the most prominent character in their career at that point. Ben Affleck has been around for. 20 years we know Ben Affleck and so I think that's what worked against him is that it's hard just to not see Ben Affleck in a Batman suit instead of him as Batman you see what I'm saying but overall I think he didn't do 
terrible. The, the script from the original Justice League, I mean, he was working with him. What do you want him to do? He didn't write, the, you know, he, he can't make the fucking, <laughs> he was working with shit, you know? So, but the character he did was, wasn't bad, I don't think. Yeah, Ben Affleck was not that bad, and, and I like what he did. And, you know, yeah. I like, like I said earlier, is that I love what they threw in there to change Batman's voice because, you know. Right. It, yeah. But. It got around that Christian Bale issue. Yeah. But ultimately, right. but ultimately Paul, who's your best Batman then? Um, okay. So, to me, I am torn between, um, between three actually um okay so as a kid i grew up watching the animated series and the guy that did the voice yes for for him kevin connery oh. i believe yeah uh, to me conway. his conway i yeah. think that he will always be the voice for batman however yeah. a, like in a movie wise it's torn between um, Christian Bale and um, Michael Keaton because I thought Michael Keaton did a really good job, and uh, but I think Bruce Wayne wise, I think that Christian Bale makes a great Bruce Wayne, but I also thought Val oh, Kilmer yeah. looked really good as Bruce Wayne because it was Agreed. like okay, he's got that pretty boy aspect to him, and you know, and um, and he looks good in the bat suit. I will say that. Um, but uh, yeah. Was that the one the nipples started, or was that Clooney? Clooney. Uh, Clooney, Clooney did nipples. the nipples. The butt started with Val Kilmer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> BDSM started in Batman yeah. at that time, didn't it? That's what Batman we're going and Robin about. started with the butt I remember, and the nipples. Oh my gosh! I remember watching that and everyone just laughing when that happened. Like everyone just cried. Like why? Like what? <laughs> Funny enough, oh, talking okay. about, and we're going to press play because I know we've got a message, but talking about Robin, because you, Paul, you just mentioned Batman and Robin, we got about mm-hmm. talking about Robin in the new Nolan trilogy. Yes, and then Catwoman too, yes. So, um, alright, let's play Spirit Loves. Hey, the Overthinker, how are you guys doing today? Uh, Paul, great conversation last time, I love your questions. On the last chat we had, Risha, also, all everyone, it's Pride Month this month, so remember to do yep. a episode another time on Pride Month. It's really important to have our street allies and our queer community come together. It's really important this month. Um, in terms of Dark Knight, I love Heath Ledger. Obviously, he's amazing. Um, but Christian Bale, I'm like, I'm sorry. Christian Bale is a weird Batman. Like, if we ask anyone about Christian Bale, all you remember him doing is, I am Batman. Like, everything else, like, no one remembers his lines. Because I don't know if he's a good actor as Batman, uh, even though he plays a lot of... You know, he plays Batman numerous times. I actually miss the guy from Multiplicity. I feel like he had a personality. I forgot the name of the guy in Multiplicity. He made a great Batman. But Christian Bale, I don't know. Like, he's just not a great actor as Batman. You're that's thinking of Michael Keaton. Yeah, that's how you can tell we're, we're old, Paul, because we know him as Michael Keaton Batman, and now he's known as the guy <laughs> from Multiplicity. <laughs> I love Multiplicity, by the way. So that do I. That's a great film. A, oh, my great film. He did a great job. <laughs> Can I just say, big up to Spirit Love. I've got a lot of love for you, man. And uh, yeah, it is uh, Pride Month. So big up to everyone yep. uh, from yes. the LGBTQ community. 
Um, yeah, you know, lots and lots of love for everyone out there. And you're right, we will do a show. We'll, we'll let's try and schedule one with everyone in the next uh, few days. Um, let, let's do it. I'm back now, Spirit Love. I, I kind of took a hiatus for a little while because of uh, certain things I need to sort out. But Spirit Love, I agree with what you're saying, but I also believe, I also believe that um, Christian Bell had some had some dialogues. I mean, there was that bit when Alfred. Well, you, oh, you know what? We got to talk about Alfred as well, but we'll touch on him in a minute. But that he's another big character. We didn't even oh, you guys want to hear a crazy theory I have? You want to hear a crazy theory I have? Uh, and I've had it for a while. Uh, I feel that what makes the most sense is that Alfred killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Because if you think <gasps> about it, who stood to, yeah, who stood to benefit the most from their death and while leaving Bruce alive? It's the guy who's a butler who now controls the estate, right, until he's 18. And, and you know, so if it's like every crime they ever look at, like, who stands to benefit the most? Well, it was obviously Alfred. And why else would you leave Bruce alive? My God. So, yeah, I think it's Alfred. Now, think... maybe he had a good good reason. Maybe Thomas Wayne was an evil son of a bitch or who knows. But, uh, yeah, I feel like Alfred killed his parents. It's like the most logical thing. Do you think that's going to be in the new Patterson Batman movie? It may. They may go down that road. Because they, I knew I knew <laughs> they're going to go down the, the Court of Owls and all this stuff. And it might turn yeah. out that his parents were part of the Court of Owls. And right. maybe Alfred had to take mm. them out because they were just a menace to Gotham and, and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we did see an evil side. Well, not really an evil side. We saw a an unflattering type of, like, um, a meaner side to him in the Joker. In Joker, yeah. with the guy that portrayed him, a very young, uh, a very young Alfred Pennyworth. And, um, you know... How he, how he treated uh, Elf. Um, what's his name? Um, jo- whatever the jo- Joker. How how he treated Joker when he came mm-hmm. up to visit the Wayne Manor, and it just kind of you know. But I loved Michael M- Michael Kane. M- Michael oh, Kane. Yeah. I liked Michael Yeah, M- M- Michael Kane. Uh, so, I liked him. Liked if we're going to say a Michael Kane. It has to be like this, because I'm a nosy neighbour. So I told him, let's blow the blimmin' doors off. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. (laughs) They can't be bolt or bullied, reason with or negotiate with. Some men just want to watch the world burn, Master Wayne. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Go, you are the crown. I loved him in I loved him in uh, Miss Congeniality too because he was so good that he's like he says you have to walk flat. he says you have to walk like you know effortlessly you know twirl <laughs> twirl twirl you know think you you know yes you are the crown be the crown wear the crown you are the crown <laughs> one of one of the funniest things I ever heard Michael Caine say and I was a kid I was a kid when this movie came out I had a brother God bless so he's not with us now but. He had it on VHS, and um, he went out one day, and I thought, he used to say to me, don't touch my VHS collections. And it was the movie The Italian Job, all right? And mm-hmm. it was my first Michael Caine movie I ever watched, and I, and I fell in love uh, with the actor then and started watching, like, you know, uh, Alfie and stuff. But there was one thing that he said, which, as a dialogue, made me laugh so much, is when he goes to get a, a car when he's come out of prison, and he goes... Oh, that's a very nice car. He goes, yes, I was out killing tigers in, in India. 
And then he, the guy sees the car. He goes, oh, you must have killed a lot of tigers. And he looks at him and goes, yes, I used a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> the most hilarious um, scene yeah. ever. Best. He was. He made one of the best um, Ebenezer Scrooge in um, The Muppet Christmas Carol. That's right. Oh, it's That's so right. good. Okay. We got another one from the Rain Rainmaker. Uh, all right. Bane was the worst part of it. Why do they even call him Bane? First of all, like the comic book Bane, Bane, where it all comes from, was a badass villain that broke Batman's back and led to a awesome comic book arc with Azrael taking over the role of Batman and oh it was great it's like taking say um, an iconic character from like taking Scooby-Doo and saying you know what Scooby-Doo is no longer going to be a uh, you know we're going to make him a Chihuahua and uh, we're going to he's a Chihuahua and we're going to change his voice we're going to change the way he does everything. Why did they even have to call it Bane? They could have created a whole other character. Because it wasn't Bane. I agree. Yeah, it was very different from uh, from that. Oh, we got one from your friend Vader. Our friend Vader. Vader. What's going on, Rishi? Paul, thinker. Hey, I got to say... Batman in any form is great, but I mean, come on. Next to Batfleck, Christopher Nolan's was the best. I'm just saying. <laughs> Batfleck. Oh, I see what he's saying now. Yeah, Shady. Batfleck. That's what they call him in the industry. So, Batfleck. Um, yeah, they call him Batfleck. Uh, I I don't know what it was. Every time I watch. Uh, Batman, I hate the movie Batman v Superman, just got to say, or Justice League, which yeah. I I don't mind, uh, especially the new Schneider Cut, uh, I'm a big fan of, or a better fan, I should say now. Um, when Batman, when Ben Affleck is on screen, he does resonate with me. He, he rises to the occasion, let's just say that. That sounded really strange, let's not say that, it but did. you know what I mean. <laughs> got it. Got it. But you know, I, I think too. You know, with um, did did you guys see the um with Batman v Superman? Did you see the um, like the extended version where it's like rated R and it's got like it's like three hours and like three and a half hours. It adds so much more to it. It makes the movie so much better. Oh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, it's the director's cut. It's rated R. They changed it because what ended up happening was, um, oh gosh, uh, so Deadpool came. So so first, uh, Batman v Superman came out, and it was rated PG thirteen, and it did not do well. And it was just it's the theatrical cut, and people were like, the best thing in that was Wonder Woman, and then um, and then. Deadpool came out and it did so successful and then the director was like well we have so much stuff in here that could have made this an R-rated movie we're going to do a director's cut and they did 
and it's available to to buy and watch and uh it made it so much better they had so much that they left out that they should have put in and uh it changed it drastically and made it a lot better i did not know that yes i did not know that for justice league i didn't know they did that for batman or superman i mean justice league was a just a bloody totally different film wasn't it really it made it made this a different movie as well and then I heard floating around, I haven't seen it, but I heard floating around is a director's cut version of um, the uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, I hope so. Which has, a, which has a lot more of the Joker in it and Harley Quinn together. And that's another thing. I know we were talking about the Joker. I like Larry Jared's Joker. Oh, I'm not saying he's the best, but I think if we saw more of him, it would have been made it better. I wasn't into it. Just wasn't into it. Actually, I actually turned off Suicide Squad. I couldn't finish it <laughs> because <laughs> of him. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I don't know. I'm sorry, I just couldn't do it. I hated Will Smith's character in it. Don't get me wrong. Really? Now, see, the thing for me was the Margot Robbie was more believable as Harley Quinn in yeah. uh, um, uh, the movie she did with um, w- when she did Wolf on Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio her New York accent she sounded just like Harley Quinn in that she looked mm-hmm. very pretty you know where then she did this one it was like the accent went in and out and it just it just didn't like like the beginning of that movie where they're going through it went, when uh, Viola Davis is sitting there explaining their backstories. That was the best part of that movie. After that, it was awful. Are you all excited about the new Suicide Squad? No, I am. I hope it's good. I just want them. To, I just want it to be like. I just want them to rise up and and be go- as good as Marvel. That's just what I want. Yeah, the issue is that they don't. The problem is that, and I think maybe they're slowly realizing this, is that DC has more interesting villains than heroes. Marvel has interesting heroes, uh, and that's what that's that's the huge thing. I think DC is realizing that. That's why they're doing this. They're playing this DC dark kind of thing now with you know the joker with joaquin and whatnot because they do have very compelling villains uh very interesting villains but the heroes i mean you know superman you know what can you do what can you do with superman you know he's he's like on god mode like what do you and batman we've we've seen every like possible permutation of batman like it's 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 a struggle you know i i think honestly what they should do because what was what was what i did like um I said I don't do with DC, but like you guys remember Hancock, Will Smith? Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys remember that? So they create that. So DC might think, you think about doing something like that, where you just you just create a whole new, just create a whole new hero, create a whole new superhero with a whole new story and a whole new villain set, you know, and just do it on film. Don't start in comics. Start start it in film, and start doing that uh, because. Yeah, I just they're they're heavy hitters. I mean, Flash might be interesting. You could probably do some really really cool things with Flash because you can time travel and stuff. But you know, they, they just don't have uh, they don't have the bench. See, like, they've just gone off and done the Flashpoint movie. Well, they're making it as we speak. I yeah. don't have any kind of 
appreciation or inkling of watching that movie for some reason. <laughs> mm. I'm not I excited so... with it. Which is a strange because so it's a great excited. comic. Yeah. I'm sorry, Reese, you go a ahead. great comic, but... Well, well they're using not... it as a vehicle to reset the universe. That's really what, what it's about. It's about saying, okay, we fucked everything up. Let's try to start over. And they're going to use Flashpoint to do that, so... Right, we got loads of messages, boys. Shall we? Uh... Yes, let's get through yeah. them. All right, let's do this. I'm gonna be honest with up though. Yeah, Dark Knight trilogy joint. That's what's up. About to watch Space Jam tonight with the kids. Um, the best one was the one with Bane by far. Oh, that's rough. The Bane one was epic. The Joker one, of course, is iconic, but the Bane one, I don't know. I just like the way they, they, they twisted it at the end, so I have to say the Bane one instead. Right. Christian Bell was a good Batman. Come on, bro. Man, I can't really do nothing like Batman. Like the Justice League movie, man. I think his, 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 he's too forced. I think Christian Bell was perfect. So that's just him. Yep, bro, we got Thotty Scotty. Yo, I want in. I want in on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> can you I gotta just let say, in Scotty. You gotta can let I just Scotty. say, if there is one huge fan of Batman in this whole stereo nation, uh, I, I, I generally believe it would be Thotty Scotty. So I, thought, I, I, I think maybe he should come in if he wants in. Man. And he's pretty much the stereo right. ambassador. So Thotty Scotty. Thotty Scotty, come on in. Come on in, Thotty. If you're an ambassador, you're an ambassador. Let's go to his next Oh, yeah. The director's cut of the Suicide Squad will be released uh, maybe two to three months after um, the one hits HBO Max. So, yeah, that's going to be nice. That's going to be real nice. Hey, shout out to Paul, bro. Look at you. Hey, another comic lover in here. <laughs> so Big come up. and join Big. us, Thotty Scotty. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is he still in here? I'm not sure if he's just left the messages, but yeah, oh, let's, carry on. let's carry on. Oh, we got Mixoplex. If there's a director's cut floating around of Suicide Squad, I hope it's floating in a toilet and I hope it's <laughs> on fire. That movie sucked. <laughs> And I, you know, listen, there was like a story, right, behind this whole Snyder Cut thing. Like, he was pulled away from this movie for tragic, you know, circumstances, not his own. But I don't want to start doing this thing where, like, somebody makes a shitty movie and then we get a redo. Yo, make it right once. Do you feel me? Like, so Suicide Squad was a terribly unbalanced bullshit movie. Um, I mean, like, again, fun to, like, project on a, I don't know, like, a club wall and watch all the fun colors and shit. And it had great, not not just good, but, like, great things about it, but they weren't sewn together right. And that doesn't make a movie. But anyway, what do I know? I'm inclined to agree with the man. Oh, yeah, he wants no, to I... Um, yeah, uh, maybe Mix, well, if, if Starty's not coming in, maybe Mix might come in. Uh, uh, yeah. A, a, a big fan of comics and movies as well. Um, oh, God, what have I done? There he is. There he is. There he is. <laughs>
I saw the bat signal and I came. <laughs> What's going on, Mix? How you doing? What's crack a lagging, man? I can be here. I can be here for a short time. So yeah, man. Love any talk of the bat on the stereo streets. Oh, yeah. Thought he'll join us because he's a uh, he. You know, he knows what he's talking about. But uh, hey, Thotty actually convinced me to watch the Snyder Cut. He's like, man, give it a chance. I was like, oh, man. damn right. And then, uh, <laughs> and I gave it a chance, and it wasn't bad. I'll tell you, the the bottom third action sequences are much better than the original. Oh, yeah. It's a far superior Dude, film. Dude, Dude yeah. when I watched when I watched the Snyder, let's put it this way: the Snyder Cut trailers were out. I, I was like, oh my god, bullshit. I don't want to do this. They're spending millions, billions of dollars again, remaking the movie, all that crap. And don't get me wrong. I'm glad it came out in town and it was I don't think I could have watched the Schneider cut um, in a cinema. I don't think I could have done it in on Max and, and sat there for four or five. I think it would, it would have done me in. However, I say however, I really enjoyed streaming it and just watching it in my own house with my own time. Yeah. Right. And... But I got annoyed, and the annoyance was this. It's something that we should have had, like, three years ago. And I was so disappointed with the original, uh, the original one that by the time the Schneider Cut came out, I fell in love with it, and now I'm like, but what's the point? Because now we can't see what happens next. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And let me... The, the, the biggest thing I have with that... Okay, so... Like, there's a big part of it that's just clunky film, like, movie making or whatever. But, like, the terrible, no good, damn rotten decision that he made was to have that enormously extended scene with the Joker where they lay out all their plans and emotions all in one oh, scene God. that have been related since the 40s. You know what I mean? Like, these guys, he, he just didn't make any decisions, right? It should have just ended on, yo, who's, is it Dark Side? First, and then they revealed that it is Superman that destroys <laughs> everything. They should have left it like, is it Darkseid or is it Superman or who is it? We don't. We didn't need to see him. That could have been a cliffhanger. Yeah. And then that whole conversation with the Joker, you could cut down that down to like literally eight percent of that whole fucking conversation, and you would have had a better cinematic effect. It would have been just him sitting on the hood. Oh, I'm working with you assholes now. Huh? You know, like that, and then that's it. But instead, yeah. we got. A fucking therapy session that killed me. <laughs> oh. Now, what did you guys think about? Uh, so we have two characters we need to discuss, and I figure we could hit those. Is the uh, Selena Kyle in The Dark Knight Rises, and then um, we had Drake, who was a police officer that was played by. Um, Oh gosh, what was his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was the Robin character. So, what did we think about? Oh, I guess we could start with Selena Kyle. What did we think about uh, Anne Hathaway as a Catwoman? I thought she was capable. You know what I mean? She wasn't as street as I think Catwoman is in real life. Catwoman in the right. video game is street as fuck. You know what I mean? Have you seen mm-hmm. uh, Gotham, Gotham City, and uh, Arkham? I'm sorry, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, and all that. Like uh-huh. that street, and, and, and honestly, Anne Hathaway. So, like, Catwoman's like a vivacious, like, mm-hmm. you know, woman. Like in the comics, she's like boom, boom, boom. 
Yeah. Anne Hathaway, she's all right. Like, she's okay. Like, okay. Yeah, she's pretty, but she's not like boom, boom, boom. And so that's was missing for me. Oh, like M- Michelle Pfeiffer was like all tongue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was uh, Catwoman. That was yeah, Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer by far was the best Catwoman. Oh, yeah. Has anybody I... seen Rishi's Catwoman, though? I mean, he puts himself down, but Rishi doesn't. Have you seen his Halloween pictures? <laughs> I'll show them to you. I'll show I them have no Okay, yeah. Oh, I've never seen. Okay, so what I what I noticed about Anne Hathaway's Catwoman was is that they made um, is I is there's this scene where she does where where you see her walking, and uh, I appreciated what she did with the walk because she actually kind of walked like Catwoman. Uh, you know, she she did like this sort of sexy little walk type of thing that Catwoman does. And um, so I appreciated that. And then um, the scene where she's dancing with Bruce Wayne at the ball or whatever they're having, and she kind of, the ball, they have one no ball, at, at wherever, why she's dancing with him. And um, and she just like whispers in his ear. Um, I thought she was very believable as like, you know, like again, she's the type of villain that I would probably end up being because it's like she wants something so so bad that will do like absolutely anything to get it you know and then you got people like bruce wayne that have absolutely everything that have no understanding of what you're going through so yeah uh, she's morally flexible but she's not like downright evil like she's she's right 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 and that line too where she says my mother always told me not to get in strange cars with men Oh no, yeah. my mother always told me not to get in cars with strange men. Yeah. See, here's my take on, on Anne Hathaway. I think she made a great Selena but yeah. and a great heist robber or something, if that's what you want to call it, a cat woman. Um, well, you know what I mean by that. Like, but mm-hmm. I, I think she was a bad, not a bad, but not so much of a great cat. She didn't play Catwoman sexier enough, I think. Because Catwoman right. generally is very sexy. She she's she and she was sexiest like Catwoman things ever when she puts her heel like she's right up on the dude's face and somehow her foot comes out of nowhere because she's a cat and like stomps him <laughs> on the side of the head. That whole thing that was in the commercial like that is one of the most boss like Catwoman moves of all time. Okay. But I think Diana Rigg, ooh English lady, she played a Catwoman back in the day, right? In the original show. That's right. Just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was another lady. That was, that was Eartha another... Kit. Eartha Kit, yeah, that's who it was. Oh shit! No, I think the one, like I think the, so. The thing with with Anne Hathaway's version was that she, it was like even in the credits, she's never called Catwoman in the movie, and she's not billed as Catwoman in the credits. It's literally Selena Kyle. Like it's just Selena. And so I think that Rishi, I think that what you observed is correct is that they made her a dumbed down version of Catwoman. And uh, and then what they did was with her with her goggles that she has, when she puts them up on top of her head, they look like cat ears. And um, and I think that that's like the, um, you know, kind of like a little nod to, you know, Catwoman because she's never actually called that. Oh, you know, I didn't know that. That's the first time I, I didn't know I didn't really checked. 
Yeah, so that's a mm-hmm. really interesting fact there, Paul. Well observed. Yeah, so she, yeah, so she is not at all Catwoman. Uh, she's not called that, not referred to it. She's just Selena. Mm, interesting. Really interesting. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, which made it more believable, in my opinion. Um, you know, like I said, I like the believability of it. Um, okay, so uh, Officer Drake, uh, the Robin character. What do we? Who who's going with this one first? <laughs> Whoever wants to. I just, my thing is like, I didn't, first of all, I didn't like the whole, he knew he was Batman because he saw his face at a, at some of it. Like, what? Like, I, you figured out that he was Batman because of the look in his face? Like, I didn't understand that at all. I was like, what What are we talking about here? Like, I thought it was going to be like, no, I fucking saw you. Like, I literally saw you turn to Batman. Like, something like that. Like, okay, he knows, but. You just saw his face at a party or some shit, and now you know he's Batman. Like what? I, well, I, I was lost in that part. But they established like almost every scene that that guy's in. They establish him that that's the guy that he is. He's the guy in the force that sees things that nobody else sees, right? But he's still like, remember how he recognizes the? Um, remember when he almost gets shot and then he bounces the bullet off of a truck and it hits the guy that's oh a, yeah. Like remember how he notices those guys? He's like he he's a, he's a detective, but he's just a beat cop. You know what I mean? He's already got that vision. So I think that yeah. they establish, and and that is why he's exceptional. You know what I mean? If if there's somebody out there that can out Bruce Wayne with the look of an eye and be like not a hundred percent sure, but enough to like pursue it, then yo, you deserve to be on the team. Like I don't know if that happened. Yeah. In- comic books though like i don't know if that's how that happened in the comic book is if like night because he's supposed to be nighthawk i believe right yeah correct. Or he turns in, he turns into nightwing yeah. later nightwing, on. nightwing. nightwing. Did I say yeah. Night- well nightwing. yeah there's six there's a handful of different robins though which is something that happens in the comics which because because mm. as a kid i wanted to be robin you know mm-hmm. and so uh it started out with like dick grayson and then it went to uh, Jason Todd. And then this is where he got his name from. Timothy Drake became the third Robin. And then uh, then after that, it was a couple girls. And then, um, then there was uh, his son, Damian Wayne, that he has with mm-hmm. Talia Correct. on Ghoul. Yeah. He so, turns evil or something, right? Uh, uh, you know, the thing I got from it was is that Damien was supposed to kind of be like the Antichrist and some type of thing, you know? It yeah. was, like, really dark. <laughs> so I was like, okay, the, the omen child. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I liked... I, I didn't see the whole, the whole thing coming because I know for a fact that Christian Bale said that he's gonna... that he will do Batman... But he specifically said that if there's a Robin in it, he refuses to do it. He says, I do not want no Robin. I want to do it by myself. He was like really, really, really particular about that. Paul, did you hear about um did you hear about the what's the new guy, uh, Robert uh then that guy's gonna Rob play Pattons. Rob Pattinson. Yeah. Who looks amazing. I have no hate for this movie. Everything I see about this movie looks fucking amazing. But he said he does not want to be part of like a greater DEU. He's like, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to be like dipping into all these other stupid movies. It's going to be my thing. It's going to be my trilogy. 
So I think that like if they really want to get him to agree to like another one, depending on how this one goes, it might be like the Joker. You know what I mean? Like what I would love them to see is put all that other DCEU shit to the side for real. They're cut. Mm-hmm. They just announced this week that they're filming Joker two. Not they're gonna. They're filming it, right? What with the uh, Phoenix? Yes. Because like, he, he, he denied the role, I heard. I heard he said he's not going to do another one. He always talks a lot of shit. Like, he, from, from the time they took the role, he was talking shit like he didn't want it. You know how these method actors are, bro. Mm. But they're mm. making Um, So I'm down for that, but I would love to. I don't know. It, it, it can't be too hackneyed. It can't be too convenient. But if those two universes meet, that would be dope. And do you know you what? Know, the, yeah. I'm looking forward to Paul Dano. I think Paul Dano's gonna be fucking amazing. Oh yeah, he's gonna make a great, great bad guy, a great psycho. Oh my god. Yeah, for sure. Who is Dano? Who is Paul Dano supposed to be playing? The Riddler. Or... Oh, the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. he'll be really good. He's, at like that. A, he's like a serial killer, like Zodiac type fucking guy, and it's looks fucking oh, amazing. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Going on, Paul. Just going into your question about uh, Drake's uh, Robin. See now, and actually touching on what Mixelpick said. Uh, like, see, I don't know why, but every time they portray Robin in the DCU universe, it's bad. It fucks up the films. Um, mm-hmm. They don't come out well. Um, and I have no clue why. Well, I, I have a theory. But with this was probably one of the better de- uh, depictions of a Robin character in, in this trilogy. However, sure. it's because we didn't get a Robin, if that makes sense. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the only Robin that was successfully done, in my opinion, besides the cartoon version, was done for the the Titan show that happened, um, and it was done by Bretton Thwaites. He, uh, he played... Um, he was Robin for like the first season, then he becomes Nightwing for the second. I thought he did a decent job. Um, and um, other than that, I thought like I, I thought that they casted people that were like too like Chris Chris O'Donnell was too old for that role. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was like I mean he was, he like, was like twenty. Yeah, I mean he's like a grown ass man. And it's like you're gonna have him be the boy wonder, <laughs> you know? It's like wow. It's like okay. And then, um, you know, and not only that, why would you have this grown ass man living at your house? He did not look like a teenager. It's the same thing with Alicia Silverstone. It's like her playing um, Aunt, uh, Barbara. Um, well, she wasn't Barbara Gordon. Uh, um, Alfred's. Uh, Alfred's niece. granddaughter, or niece or some shit, yeah. Niece, weird. yeah. Uncle Alfred, yeah. Really weird. <laughs> anyway, so to me, I look and I think that that you're absolutely right. I think that this was done really well because, again, it wasn't technically Robin, but, you know, there were hints to it. There were hints to a lot of characters that Robin turns into. Like, there was, like, a Red Hood reference with the helmet, um that he kind of wears uh there's a hint of nightwing and then definitely of of robin and uh i appreciate that but what do you think of uh gordon levitt whatever his name is as the actor guys i like him i think he's really good 
Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the I mean, I liked him in Inception. Inception was good. Yeah, I love Inception. Yeah, see, I, I, I just think, like, I don't... Oh, I love him as an actor, and he's played some great roles in his time. He's a good actor. But I just didn't think he was great in this, though. No. Why? I just felt he played it very one-dimensional, you know? Or, actually, what? maybe it's not him. Maybe they didn't give him enough to do. But but the thing is, like, that's the challenge also with... Oh, that's me. Yeah, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Mom, quit calling! <laughs> oh, Mom. That's <laughs> my wife. She's trying to reach me. She's like, what is going on here? She's like, stop talking. We're supposed to do movie night with the kids, and I'm like, I'm like talking about Batman. So, (laughs) what are you guys gonna see? I don't know yet. We we rotate. I gotta see what one of them want to watch. Probably something we've seen the 76th time, but whatever. You know what? You know what movie kids love? The Deer Hunter. That's right. It's true. Oh yeah, the Deer Hunter. Especially the Russian. Mm -hmm. The Exorcist. <laughs> if if you're gonna put a film on, you might as well put Taxi. Mouth. Yeah, Taxi. Oh, I love Taxi. <laughs> Rishi, taxi took it. with Robert that's De Niro. The, that's the best example of a movie to not show your kids. <laughs> you know, a, a child prostitute. They keep asking about the human centipede, so I don't know about. <laughs> oh God, that's so fucked up. Oh my God. <laughs> Right. Know, you know, I, I would I would say like when it comes to the Batman Robin thing, like the challenge for the movies is having like two co-equal leading men that are interesting. You're not gonna have that. Yeah. But I think that just the seriousness of that, like, okay, so Chris O'Donnell, right, is supposed to be like the fun, spunky sidekick, right? And that's how he plays. Um, Robin in the in the original, like the cart- like the original live action show. Is almost kind of like uh, the tick, the tick, and uh, his his uh, his sidekick, where Batman will be musing and making bad decisions, and then Robin's like, "No, get your ass over here, you, gotta do this. you know what I mean?" He's the one that saves the day sometimes. But the thing That's is, needs a feature film, the tick. Most important, Levitt, you can take seriously as someone who is as serious as Batman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if he, if he put on that Nightwing outfit, you would be like, "Oh, that that I get." You know what I'm saying? And they establish, like, that whole movie. They don't show him a whole lot, but they show what he is. Like, he's a cop that is just restrained by the force. Like, remember, like, the first time you see him, I think he's talking about trying to get something out of his, his uh, superior, like, to just to solve cases, not, like, more money. You know what I mean? And when I saw, mm-hmm. yo, when I saw him in, I thought he might be a little too old to do it at this point. But when I saw him in that last Jamie Foxx movie that Jamie Foxx did for Netflix... Um, the one about superpowers. You were talking about movies outside of comic books or MCU or DC that you could have like superheroes. That last, I forget what the fuck it's called. I'm sorry, I'm cussing like a sailor. I forget what it's called, but that is kind of like an original property that it that was executed very well. That like could have a franchise. I like that movie a lot. Not enough to remember its name apparently, but it was actually a really good movie. But when he's in that movie too, and he plays like a real action guy, he almost plays like a Nightwing character, almost right. Um, but I, I was like, yo, he could still do it. He could still play Nightwing. He couldn't play like Batman's little, you know, sidekick friend, but he could 
but he can play somebody off to the side and do Nightwing. Yeah, but yeah, Nightwing isn't really Batman's side. Side. No, no, yeah, yeah. By the time he becomes yeah. Nightwing, he's off. He's off, he's off on his own, isn't he? Doing his own well, thing. Well, well, he's got the keys to the Batcave, and I guess that's a side. <laughs> Now, what they did with the what they did with Titans, uh, that that they did, which is basically like the Teen Titans type of uh, you know spinoff with like Beast Boy and Starfire and you know all that is um, is he's like a cop, like like Dick Grayson is a cop now, and but yet he's still fighting crime as Robin. And I forget he's not in Gotham. He's in this other like he's trying to branch away Jump from City. being right. He's tr- he's trying to like be like distance himself from Bruce Wayne, and um and you never actually see Bruce Wayne in any of this, but you see like hints of him. But still, it wasn't amazing, but it was still it was all right. But this this version, I thought. Uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I thought really was well because I did not see it coming. But when you watch it again, you see all the elements that make it like, yeah, you should have saw it coming. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree, Paul. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, I got to jump off. It's been great. Uh, let's do this again some all time. All right. Overthinker, oh, yeah. definitely. Thank you so much. All right. God Thank bless you, you. Overthinker. Do I, just, do I just do end live? It won't end the whole thing, right? Oh, no. Here, let me... I'll put you back to the listeners. Okay, perfect. And then you can leave. They should have a better button for that. It should be like an axe. You know what I mean? Oh, like to cut people. Just a little axe, you know, <laughs> you know swipe down. Right. We got right. a load of messages let's... here that we need to get yeah, through. Yeah, let's play uh... these. I think the next one is oh. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. It should be called not DC, but DJT. DJT. I would be the greatest superhero. In fact, a lot of people are saying I am a great superhero. <laughs> what I did in four years. Thank you, Donald. I interviewed him on a show, and it was really interesting. You know, we talked about a lot about uh, you know where he bought Melania. Um, you know, what he thinks about Tiffany, uh, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff. So, you know, and what he, how he felt when Nancy Pelosi called him, uh, you know, obese, who does his hair. So it was a very interesting. Who, um, who, who does do his hair? He said that, um, he said that he doesn't know. He just walks into a room, sits down, whoever does it, does it, you know, he thanks them and then goes about his day. Um, and they put some stuff in his hair. So, I, well, I, I think he's lying because he wears a wig, doesn't he? I I don't think he does because there's this thing where it's like a wind. The wind blows and his hair goes everywhere. I don't think he does wear a wig. I think that's real. Wasn't this one video that that he was standing and the wind blew his wig off or something? Or was that fake video? I don't know. I don't know. I don't pay much attention to the real Donald Trump. But um, <laughs> no shade. But you know. Anyway, all right. Next message. Thank you, Donald. All right. Thank you. Uh, Mix Mixel Pixel. Since you're here, we're gonna play the next one. Oh yeah. I think DC's most interesting villain and most uh, yeah, just their most interesting villain is uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you say? Uh, 
he goes, DC's most interesting villain is Warner Brothers. Because they keep messing Ooh. up their movies. <laughs> That's true. I'm okay. proud of that. That's All right. Oh, this is an interesting name. Cyanide Snow Cone. I have a lot to say on The Dark Knight, uh, the second in the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman trilogy. Um, yeah, probably can't say it in this voice now, but um, I would like for you to discuss the themes of that movie and what it was essentially about and who were the main characters in the sort of plot as it stands because I believe Batman to not even he wasn't even a secondary character he was probably a tertiary character mm. it depends when you sent that message because I think we did talk about the Dark Knight in detail about Harvey Dent and everyone and stuff like that right. so yeah I'm not sure but I mean I agree with you uh, Snow. I think Snowden was it Cyanide Snowden or something that by the time we get to the Dark Knight, Nolan really touches on characters like the Joker, like Harvey Dent, uh, uh, Gordon, uh, all these people who kind of Rachel's character. And it, it, it's touching on human emotions, human uh, psychology and stuff like that. You know, and Batman's kind of there in the background uh, watching the world kind of destroy itself in a sense. That, that, that's kind of my belief on it. Right, and I th actually think that the villain in this whole thing is society, and it's the, and Batman's realizing that he cannot fix it. I agree. I agree. You and know, the only way he does fix it that. in the end, the only way he fixes yeah. it is in the end by him trying to be the bad guy, sacrificing himself. Right. Mm. Mix. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, uh, I would say this, like, and this might sound way, way too broad, but uh, a lot of Batman, and I, part of his en enduring appeal is that he's about society. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where things get human in the DC universe. So it is like, you know, like, how can I say, like, even in the first one, specifically with the positioning of Harvey Dent, right? No, no, I'm sorry. That's the second one with Harvey Dent, right? the big conversation that they keep bringing up is what kind of person does the city need? And the question is, when can Batman exhaust his purpose? Because Batman is looking to set the city. He doesn't want to be out there. He loves being out there until he's 100 years old. Okay, or more uh, in the comic books, right? But he doesn't want to end up having to constantly... That, that's He knows that's not how you fight crime. You don't fight it one punch at a time. He needs people to take down entire systems of crime. And he finds Harvey Dent is like the guy to do that because who's going to know better who's really corrupt, right, than Batman? He's got his eyes on all the cops, right? Now, he, even though this guy's uh, not squeaky clean, he knows enough about him to know that he needs to be in charge, right? And that's what he wants to do. So it is about society. It's like, okay, society calls or, you know, the situation calls for Batman to be the hero at the moment for the time and the situation. And it should be passed on to this other cat, but we don't get there because of what heartache. Because for some reason, these two studs are falling around Maggie Gyllenhaal. 
<laughs> She's fit. I don't know. Didn't you see that movie where James Spader keeps smacking her on her ass? Oh, that yeah, but she was also. <laughs> I ain't gonna listen. I ain't gonna talk too much shit. What the I'm, shade of it all. She's a great actress, but what I'm saying is like you got both of these studs at the top of their game going after Maggie Gyllenhaal. You know what I'm saying? Like Kim Basinger. Well, who would you have cast? Who would you have casted then? Ah. <sighs> I don't know. There's a lot of obvious choices, but I don't know who would be interested. Like, she carried the performance. I'll tell you what. You know where I really liked her, and I knew why she was in that movie? In the interrogation scenes. In the interrogation scenes, you see, like, why they chose her, because she plays a, a, a really hard cop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, could take her, you could take her seriously. She's definitely better than Katie Holmes, for sure. Can, do, you think, do you yeah. think that's why Batman went for Harvey Dent? Because he was like, I want a new girlfriend. I can't take her. <laughs> oh, shit. That's Bring pretty that bad. He, was to, he was trying to angle it to get rid of her. Is that what you're saying? That's dark. Jesus. No, nah, I'm just playing, but you understand. <laughs> Going with the oh, no, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a worthy, uh, it's a worthy question for sure. Now, I have a controversial opinion about this whole thing, about how Bruce Wayne felt about R.V. Dent. I happen to think that, you know, Bruce had this attraction that went deeper than, you know, it wasn't a sexual thing, but it was this attraction that he had towards Harvey Dent that he just, he wanted this, he, he wanted to be Harvey Dent. Like he yeah. just he wanted it. Yeah. Like he wanted yeah. everything that Harvey had, everything Harvey did. Like 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 he was so almost like infatuated with Harvey that he wanted to do everything. Like he wanted to throw a party for him. He wanted to be close to him. He wanted all this stuff. Like he wanted to protect him. So it was kind of like he sort of was like becoming enamored with him. While at the same time, he's trying to win over Rachel, but you know it. So yeah, I think it was really. I think it was confusing for Bruce Wayne. Well, yeah, he that, says it, that, doesn't he? He he is, says it. He goes, "He's a better man than I am." Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it's one of those things where he sees really what he wants to be or what he wishes he could be because, you know, just like like the stories as old as the hills about the criminal that wants to go legit, right? Well, what about mm-hmm. the, the vigilante that's fighting for the right thing that would love to see himself go legit? You know what I mean? Or at least just right. give up the fight and, like, put it in the right hands. So, but, it, yeah, you're right. It might not just be a tactical thing. It might be a thing where he really sees, like, himself, like, as he wishes. Like, oh, man. Because, you know, there's a part of Batman that wishes that he didn't have to dress up in fucking tights and spend all his nights kicking people's asses. You know what I mean? Like, he does not always want to be out there. So, Yeah. I think so. That, that's a really good uh, insight, Paul, for sure. Great insight. Yeah, I'm a deep thinker. I don't know. No, it's you true. Know, it's good. I would say something. I would say something to my dad when my dad was alive because my dad liked movies too. And I would say something to him, and my dad would just pause the movie and turn and look at me and just kind of stare at me for a moment. He would say, "Really, you're thinking that deep about that?" And I'm like, well, "How can you not?" <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 
Uh, all right, we've got Rainmaker. So Marvel leaves fans wanting more. That's what they do. That's their formula. They make it so that it's, you know, it's good stuff, but they always leave a little room for fans wanting more. DC always, well, they, they take something and they, they twist it, make it so that it's not fun. And uh, they, they kind of make it too serious. Uh, it's not as lighthearted as it should be. And then um, on top of that, they try to shove as much stuff as possible into their movies. You know, that's the difference. Marvel kind of focuses on a couple things and that's it um, between the two. But, and yeah, Dark Knight still sucks. Ah, ah. Ooh, ooh. Ouch. Oh, I don't even know what to say about that. I still can't believe that he thinks that that movie sucks. I mean, it is like, it is number three on IMDb. It's shameful. Um, Sorry, I I don't know how anybody could really say that as a movie or as a Batman property that it sucks. Like like part four with George Clooney or part three with George Clooney and part four with Val Kilmer sucks because they kind of like the 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 property was going in a more direct uh, adult direction. And with those two movies, they just drag it, they drug it back, like, to the goofy-ass show. Kids. You know? So they, they didn't have to get super dark or anything like that. But if you're if you're in that direction and people are loving it, you don't need to give them, you know, nipples on bat, on, on the bat suit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not necessary. But um, I don't, I, like, I, I don't think, now, what's his name? Um, who directed the Dark Knight trilogy again? Um, uh, no, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. I always want to see Christopher Columbus. Totally different guy. There's a director, Christopher Columbus, different, different cat. But um, the like, he's not flawless. I think he gets a nice mm-hmm. shine job from. Uh, I don't know from a certain sector that love that he does make movies about science. You know what I mean? Uh, he does make challenging movies, but he ain't the best director. He's no Ridley Scott. I'll tell you that. You know about well, my Ridley Scott reaching, so. Yeah, no, I, I oh, mean, yeah. I think no, I, the, we ain't going to touch on Nolan too much. I mean, I do like Nolan's movies and whatever, but just quickly, while we are talking about, because it's in my mind now, about bat suits with nipples and that, do, let's talk about the Batman that never was. That really, uh, and if you watch his, no shit, that wasn't Batman. Sorry. Sorry, it was my bad. It was Superman. Nicolas Cage was supposed to play Superman, not Batman. Oh God! Hi. Well, there was a permutation of the, of the that was funded, that was written, and they it was with the guy um, who made um, Mad Max and Miller. Damn. Miller, yeah, George Miller was gonna make it, bro. They had the they had them fitted for suits, and everybody was in it. It was. Martian Manhunter, it was Green Lantern, it was Wonder Woman, another female who I didn't recognize. I don't know if they had like Spectre in there or anything like that, but there was like seven or eight of them. It wasn't like this lineup, but then it just fell apart. It just fell apart. I think that was when I think that might have been off of the success of the X Men series. Like the Fox, they they were looking at at Marvel Mm. making all the money with uh, Fox, right? And they were like, yo, we got to pump out a Justice League. 
but there are other comic book movies that were halfway made or all the way made out there that we'll probably never see, believe it or not. Hmm. Interesting. Right, um, Paul, should we go to the next message? Yes. Um, let's see. From named. Oh. I personally hate Ben Affleck as Batman. I'm so sorry. Um, it, it, it is 420 high, um, Millie J. <laughs> I mean, he was, I mean, Ben Affleck was, Ben Affleck did a good job. I mean, he wasn't amazing, but he was, you know, he did his job correctly and he did it well. Yeah, true, true. Um, thank you, Jose. I just saw that. God bless you, mate. Mm. Did he become your fan? I think so. I think so. I'm not sure. He became one of ours, so yeah, God bless him. Yes, wonderful. Thank you. I I would say, I I think you would, I, I think, Rishi, we covered this one time, and it was either with you or Vader that you were surprised that I did like Ben Affleck. Yeah, it was you. We, um, because you were like, like, listen to me talk, you would think like, oh, Ben Affleck and Batman suit. Honestly, dude, I think he was one of the best parts that he was the only part really that fit out of that whole movie. And yeah. uh, what's it called? What's the Batman versus Superman? What's it called again? The something of justice. Dawn of justice. Dawn of justice. Dawn of justice. When you see him in Dawn of justice, bro, when he's Bruce Wayne, I'll tell you this, bro. I, I, you know, I, me and Thotty have like a Batman thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we have a thing for him. He is the best. And Bruce Wayne, the way that he depicted him at the scene where he gets out of the whip and uh, is in the art gallery with, I think he meets, um, he meets Lex Luthor there and then uh, Diana's there. Diana Prince is there in the white dress and the whole nine. Bro, he does old, grizzled Bruce Wayne very well, bro. He does his voice very well, his temperament. Because now, young Bruce Wayne is able to flip out of Batman and become Bruce Wayne when he needs to. You know how you see, like, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, you see him, like, partying with, like, models and shit and, like, you know, taking the ballerina team on the boat and all that stuff. Like, Ben Affleck's Batman is not that guy. Ben Affleck's Batman is almost never seen as Bruce Wayne. At this point, he's probably getting into that myth that he builds around himself like a like a Howard Hughes myth that he just stays in his castle and never leaves which is kind of reflects the truth but he's not having he doesn't he's not so easily not Batman at this point so when you see him there he don't smile You're there? yeah no I agree I like Ben I, I, I like Batflick um, I, I, I do I'm a, I'm a really fan do. of Batflick I would and have I liked to like see another movies, movie with like, him. For sure. But I have to say, though, um, while you said you talked about the whips, yeah, and just quickly, I think it is important that because we are doing 101 appreciation of the Dark Knight trilogy and stuff. So what did you think? I, and this is something I, I'm i not too happy about, and I know people are going to be a bit 50-50, is about the whips that he has. Let's talk about the tumbler. Okay. Yeah. 
so what did you think of the Tumblr, Rishi? When I first saw it, I was not a fan. I went, what the hell is this god-awful, huge tank-like machine that he's driving that even when they're trying to depict it on screen, it looks like it's going one mile per hour. Um, it didn't look like that fast back car that they've always had. And uh, However, by the time we got to um, The Dark Knight Rises, I like the way how Bane changed the tumbler for his armies uh, and they, they made it all kind of uh, greeny, uh, bluey type kind of, you know, the whole camouflage type things. So I think for a villainous kind of car, for the villains to have it was brilliant. But for Batman to have it as his car, I, I wasn't a fan. I mean... The way he got it, I thought was really cool. I mean, it did look really clunky. It was like kind of like, damn, like really, like the like it doesn't even look like the Batmobile at all. Like you know, it's like, I mean, you know, like it was very different. I will give you that. Mm. But I love the bat bike in this one. Oh yeah, I did too. Oh yeah, the bat bike and the and the Dark Knight was really good. The whole wheels turning in and out. I, I thought that was amazing. I thought they did really well with that. Mm-hmm. And they brought the they brought the bike back in the Dark Knight Rises, and um, you know which I thought was really good. And you even see um, you see a few scenes with that, but um. Oh, and then, you know, another villain that, you know, which was surprising, I think, like, shocking to see, which is a spoiler alert for anybody that has not seen the movie at all, is when it is in the third movie, you see um, this character, uh, Miranda, and she is uh, kind of Bruce Wayne's love interest in this, and you know, she's, uh, she's kind of like, she's like helping with like money. So she's like this philanthropist or something, Mm. Uh, you know, but then at the very end, so this entire thing, she's trying to find, they're trying to find out who the child of Ra's al Ghul is. And, um, and so you're thinking that it's Bane. And then after he like basically kills Bane, you know, Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you see her stab Batman. And, you know, he's asking Bane, like, who is the child of Ra's al Ghul? And then all of a sudden, she stabs him in there. And so she says, I am. And I remember that being, like, really shocking at that time. And then because she's actually Talia al Ghul. And we yeah. find out, yeah. Who's one of the... One of uh, their... Oh, my God. that whole, the, Those two right there are awesome and ruthless, and sometimes they team up. Like, sometimes he's teamed up with uh, Ra's al Ghul. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever read, little quick note, I don't know if you guys ever read Batman Year 100? No, no. I haven't. Uh, it's, by, it's illustrated by Paul Hope, who's super famous. He's got his own series called Battling Boy, and he's got a bunch of other stuff. He's Just check him out on IG. He's on my IG. I mean, I'm on his. It's not like he, he don't follow me. Um, but the... Uh, the they never really spell it out right but batman 
is alive at a hundred plus years old. Like I guess he starts fighting crime in his what is his mid thirties, mid mid twenties or something like that. Um, so he's about one hundred twenty five, one hundred thirty years old, and it's like it is definitely Batman. And the question is like, how is he still fucking alive? Well, he got he ends up using. Um, the Lazarus Pit. Yeah, the Lazarus Pit, the Well of Souls, or whatever they call it. Yeah, I was think of the name. But yeah, that's that's how he achieves them. Mm. Yeah, you know, and then I think the like, so the the idea that with with Talia, I I thought you know. Um, and, and once it happened, I was like, oh gosh, why didn't I? You know, because watching the show, I remember Talia was such a huge part of it. And I remember her name being Talia Al Ghul. And I'm thinking, like, why didn't I put two and two together, even from the beginning with Ross Al Ghul, that I thought, like, man, you know. um, Whoa, hold on. Paul, do they actually call her that in the movie in the beginning? In the beginning, no. They They call her Miranda. Yeah. And so she's in disguise, and then at the very end, she calls herself Talia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I thought for, from the beginning, I couldn't remember that. Okay, right. Okay, sorry. I'm with you. Right. So it was just like, yeah, it was very surprising. Um, so, um, but did you? So, um, yeah, and that whole thing with like the well, like what we talked about before, Rishi, where it was like you know climbing out of this pit, you know, and and because you know it kind of reminded of like you know Batman's beginning where he's climbing out of that well, you know, and and you have to see him try to do this, you know, and telling the story about um, you know the man that has to you know climb out of the well in order to be free, otherwise it's like the society that's living in this. Uh, uh, it was like this, the, like this society of people that that were living inside this this hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean the whole movie touches on that, you know, like uh, you know, you got Bane in the pit, you had Ra's al Ghul in the pit, you had Natalia in the pit. Um, uh, Bruce Wayne himself, as a young child, falls down the well, gets out, and it just shows that anyone who gets out, some decide to go find their path some go uh, in a wrong way some go in a right way ultimately though they all believe they're doing the right thing each and every one of them you know to save humanity um well that's very true bro remember did you mention the penguin uh, no go remember the movie the penguin the parents throw him down a hole they oh do. that's right they do. and he goes into the sewer and becomes a penguin mm. yeah but and that's one, like, and then the same thing catwoman is thrown out of uh, a window and she's like launched to the ground and the joker's thrown into a vat of acid mm-hmm. yeah like it, it's you know it, it's a real like storytelling function that those overlapping things is what makes these these movies like kind of cohesive like those things are done on purpose you know what i'm saying and uh especially when you're like myth building and things like that but um you know, that's interesting that you noticed that, bro. Like, I, I've never really noticed that, but I see it as what it is now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I'll tell you what, talking yeah. just quickly, just talking about the pit, though. Um, and there is that one thing about, uh, and I can't, because you're like, like, when I talk about movies, I, and no matter how much I love the Dark Knight trilogy, because I do, 
you know, I'm going to watch it now because I haven't watched it in years. And after this talk, I know I'm going to put it on for a few hours and just relive it again because uh, you got me all excited. I've got goosebumps all over my arms now. But um, there is one thing, I know, but in every movie, there is something that you think, mm, really? Come on, doesn't matter what movie that is, you know, Endgame, they all do it. And I find it hard that, now I suffer from back pain. Yeah, but a lot of people don't know this. I, I have a huge back pain and I, it takes me ages to fix myself. In fact, I'm in pain at the moment because of something I've done in my cervical spine and I need to go and get it checked out and stuff. But I find it quite hard that how um, Christian Bell's character has a broken back, they get him fixed and he falls from that bloody pit about 15 times before he finally makes it up. <laughs> right. And like, how the hell is he doing this with his back? <laughs> I mean, you know, I have chronic back pain too. And it's like, you know, I, I think the same thing. Like, I remember my dad used to always say, like, when something would happen in a movie, like, my dad this. So sorry about that. My dad had this, this shoulder surgery, and it was like, um, you know, and so anytime somebody would be stabbed in the shoulder or shot through the soldier and they were able to do this stuff, you know, like whipping their arm around, my dad would be like, I, that the, like bullshit, you know, my dad would be like, that, that is just not impossible. <laughs> I mean, I was watching him and I was like, man, dude, I've had operations and all sorts, all right? And I, I, how are you still falling from that pit and still, like, like, there's one bit, he falls, he swings, and you hear his back crack. And then he gets up and he does it again. I'm like, oh, God. Like, like, so I, I think maybe Nolan could have done a little bit better there, <laughs> like, if you wanted to keep with the realism of the movie. But, hey, it, it, it's mm -hmm. still a great scene, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, I say we get through these messages and yep. then uh, wrap up the show. Um, but this has been a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Rainmaker. I have a feeling that um, the reason to DC isn't doing as well is they don't really understand a lot of the, the in nuances of their actual characters. Like Superman is super vulnerable as Clark Kent. Clark Kent is who he is. He, his persona is Superman. Like, that's his, his, you know, his mystery to himself. Um, Batman's actually opposite. So, Batman is more comfortable being Batman than he is being Bruce Wayne. And that's kind of the difference, you know, between the two. And when you get that right, like Michael Keaton did, he got that right. Interesting. I agree. I do. I, yeah. think, I think that's an interesting point. All right. That's a, that's a very cool distinction. That's a very cool distinction. And I got to say, man, Keaton really did do it right, bro. And I, he did. You, I don't know if you guys, you know, I was. I got through Batman from the movies. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get it. He was not a comic book that I collected. My dad was always like, man, you got to get into Batman. Batman's the man because he's human and he still kicks all these people's asses. You know and that's how my dad was, too. Yeah, he yeah. used to, like, he used to, like, really push Bat. And um, I was like, nah, man, I was really into Marvel. I wasn't into DC. Nothing. Very, like, nothing. 
Um, but that distinction uh, that that he just brought up is one of those things. And man, that Batman Superman thing, like I, I'll tell you, uh, us and get Thadi and Vader up here, and let's just do Batman versus Superman one of these days, and see if that shit doesn't go over four hours. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do one. That. You know what I'm saying? Like one question, and um, but it's almost like an empathy test. I would tell you, bro. If you, if somebody says like yeah sure like Superman to kick his ass is like no nah, bro you don't know story you don't know character it's not just, it's not Pokemon these guys are not like you know Yu Gi Oh cards it's not like you lay it down it's like oh Superman obviously has more so and so points or whatever like super uh, Superman is Clark Kent and Batman is Bruce Wayne and you can't like separate those things you feel me right mm. right it's true. All right, named. Let's see what you have to say. Okay, listen. I love Anne Hathaway, but Anne Hathaway is not Catwoman for me. Like, again, Michelle Pfeiffer was the best Catwoman ever, ever to exist so far. Halle Berry had the looks for it, just the script was fucking trash. And hopefully, Zoe Kravitz will fucking make this character come back to life. I hear that. No. Uh, totally, totally. Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer still to this day. When I, if Batman returns or whatever is ever on TV or in Christmas time, they usually put it on in the UK. And you see Michelle Pfeiffer walking around in them levers. I'm like, wow. And and it's just her acting. Not let's forget about the looks and what she's doing. Her acting as well. For me, she she is Catwoman so far. Uh, better mm-hmm. than the fucking god awful um, Halle Berry Catwoman we got. Uh, I mean, you know, the thing with Halle Berry was is that Halle Berry is very sexy, and Halle Berry was able to pull off that, like, you know, at the very end when you see her walking through the. Uh, you know, at the tops of the building, you know, she had the, you know, like the walk down. So I appreciated that, but I agree. It was just a God awful movie. I mean, so bad. And, um, uh, it was just all about the movie was garbage. You know what I'm saying? And that's what happens. Like, especially like, I, I think you guys see this with these comic book movies, like they excel in one area, right? Especially like what, that's what will happen to DC, right? DC, like Suicide Squad, excelled in style and excelled in the way that it had, like, you know, it was fun and it had all this talent, but they didn't know how to put it together. And then they go the other direction where they just make shit too dark. You know what I'm saying? They, uh-huh. like, th- we gotta we gotta remember the reason why Marvel is successful is because of the people, the actual filmmakers behind it. It's not just how they handle story and, like, the heroes and stuff. Uh, Kevin Feige is a fucking genius. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. Like, uh, what's it called? Homeboy that did, um, Iron Man, the directed Iron Man that has his, you know, his fingers and everything. Um, he's a genius John too. Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. And those guys, since they come from different kinds of movies, also, they know how to make decisions. Like the other reason we forget why Marvel movies are a little bit more successful than DC is because Marvel like adheres to like cinematic storytelling. It gives you time to know characters, the way that it interweaves things is not just convenient and comic booky, like it's also human. It's the same reason why people like Marvel comics more than DC. It it, it carries on into the movies. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's see. Oh, Vader. <laughs> no, no, it, was, it wasn't Diana Rigg. It was uh, Lee Merriweather. Lee Merriweather, I believe, is who you're thinking of in the uh, Batman movie. That, uh, just saying. <laughs> Vader's got a poster of her somewhere. I know he has. He used to look at that in his bedroom. Hmm. Wait, come on now, I can't sit here and let y'all tell all these atrocities about Batman and the Bat Family. Damian Wayne, yeah, he's a bit of a dick, but he's still one of the greatest heroes in Gotham. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Now, I didn't say he wasn't a good uh, uh, hero now. I wasn't saying that. I was saying that he was born to be evil. But then, again, it's that he learned and he had a heart. And that is why he was changed. Again, I was just saying he was... But... Now, now, don't, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> so I'm not going to do this. Damien Wayne, he, he, like, yeah, he, he predominantly is quite an evil character, isn't he? I mean, he's supposed, I mean, he was supposed to be, but the thing was, is that, like, he learns, like, so he, he learns that it's like, okay, you're really not supposed to do that, you know, like, this is not appropriate, you know, because um, he's trained to be, like, nothing but an assassin, and then while he's living with Bruce Wayne, he learns how to be a bully. Yeah, correct. Because because he was genetically modified with like Ra's al Ghul and stuff like that, right? So yeah, he was modified with Talia and Bruce Wayne's and like a splash of Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, yeah. I I Mm -hmm. remember. I've never read the comic uh, that comic. To be honest with you, I'm a Marvel fan, and everyone knows that I have my Marvel Mondays. I know about my so the DC. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a big DC movie or a DC animated fan, so I'll watch the cartoons and stuff. Um, so when it comes to Damien Wayne, I don't know too much, but like I've heard the stories and I know like he was genetically modified and stuff and all sorts. And that hence right. why he was evil. So that, so that, that's what I presumed that's what it was about. But uh, Vader clearly loved him. Yeah. Paul, um, real quick, I've talked to this about with I think everybody else on here, but <laughs> comic book wise. But have you ever seen Beware the Bat, the cartoon? It's only got one season. It's a... Um... It's CGI. Have you ever seen that one? No, it's um, be it's beware of the bat. Beware the bat. They do something very cool. They bring out old. It's not Joker and Penguin and Catwoman all over again. They bring out old enemies from like Golden Age DC, and they also like his sidekick is not Robin. It's Katana. She's got the soul stealing sword, a soul stealing sword, and then Albert. Alfred, sorry, Alfred, uh-huh. is like still fit. He's an older man. He's like you know maybe like fifty or something like that, but he can still kick ass. And Ooh, I have uh, seen a bit of that. I think. Yeah, it, bro. Let me tell you, it, it's on. It, it used to be like you had to dig, like you know, get it off of like Crunchyroll or something. Now they've got it on uh, HBO Max. Oh, I'll it, have to check that out because I have that. Oh, bro, because. It's it's a real original take, and you just don't see. It's not like you're looking at the same old faces over and over again. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. I definitely act- have to check them out. 
Well, I'm gonna have to flex, guys. But yeah, definitely play the rest of these messages. Thanks for thanks for letting me in here, bro. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, let me let you back into the listeners. So thank you so much for joining. I'll see you. Big talking to you, Mixel. All right. Let's get through these reach and then we'll end this. Yeah. Um, Let's do this. Great show, by the way. Great, great oh, yeah. listeners. Thank you, everyone. And yes, we love you great. all. I know you haven't played my last voice note yet, but um, I'm really enjoying this. I've wanted to talk about The Dark Knight for forever because it is probably one of my favorite movies of all time next to Road to Perdition. And a few others. Oh, Road to Perdition. Oh my gosh, the movie with um, Tom Hanks. A, Tom Hanks and a very young guy from uh, the the one guy that plays. Um, he's in Teen Wolf. He was in it. Um, oh gosh, I forget his name, but yes, that was a good Michael movie. Michael J. Fox. No, not Michael J. Fox. No, 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 no. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking the new updated one. I'm talking oh, right. the, the, the new one with, um, yeah, I, I forget all their names. Uh, he actually is plays, he actually plays Superman in um, one of the new, uh, like one of the new shows, I think Supergirl, he plays Superman in it. I, I don't know. Anyways, all right, Cyanide, let's see what else you have to say. Let's go. Rishi, at the moment, you're replying to my first message uh voice note sorry i want to talk about one of my favorite scenes in the dark knight so if you can add me in cool if not that's fine i'm fine listening as well paul okay we'll add her this will be our last person to add and we'll add her so yeah why not all right cyanide i'm gonna open it to you All right, we'll play this other one. Uh, I'm so sorry. As soon as I heard Batman. I didn't mean to cut that off. I hit approve. Hi, Cyanide. Hi. I didn't really think you'd let me join, but uh, cool. (laughs) Hey, Snow Cone, big up to you. Thank you for coming. Um, and thank you thanks for, for the messages. Me. I think me, me and Paul have been uh, um, uh, impressed with your knowledge. So yeah, thank you. Yes. So you said you wanted to talk about a certain scene. So yes. we'll let you have the floor. Uh, to start off with, I think um, the uh, Paul, you said uh, I think this movie is about society, which um, is interesting. My when I said Batman is a tertiary character, I think the entire movie can be sort of simplified into a single line, and it's one of Joker's lines. And he says, um, You're only as good as the world allows you to be. And this, I think, the entire movie is about Joker trying to get people to realize that, and who better. Who better to bring down than than Gotham's White Knight, like the purest of them all, which he did, he succeeded, and he became two-faced, right? But it's interesting how it's called The Dark Knight, and I feel like this movie has nothing to do with Batman. 
And so this brings about my favorite scene. And it's a scene I actually don't like watching because I don't like, you know, the sort of um, nitty, uh, gritty sort of violence, you know? When uh-huh. it's guns and that, I'm okay. But when it's punches, I'm like, ew, ew, ew. Um, and it's the interrogation scene mm-hmm. because that is oh, where yeah. you see Batman break in the movie. Because you have to understand, have to understand the joker um doesn't have batman as a target he's just fun he's just entertainment but in that scene you see batman sort of break in a moral in in his in his moral compass where joker's just there he's just you know just doing nothing but batman goes crazy and i think that's a very int- that is, is such an integral scene that people sort of i feel like skip over in that sense uh, but that is where Batman breaks and Harvey Dent is a lot harder to break. And he was the real target. And I feel like that is essentially what the movie is about. We are only as good as the world, as allows, the world allows us to be. So, for example, Rishi, let's just say you're not a murderer. I mean, I can't be certain, but let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. Who have you and... been talking to, Snowcone? Who sent you? <laughs> it's the FBI, are they? So let's just say Rishi's not a murderer, right? Allegedly. Um, oh. And let's just say also that Rishi says, well, I'm not a murderer. I would, they would, n- there's never a scenario where I'd be a murderer. But then there can always be a scenario. Let's just say a loved one was next to you, and the only way to stop them from being killed was to ultimately do something and it can be based on thought or instinct but um i really i think the joker is an extremely sympathetic character in this movie yeah i it is deep um there's two types of, of, of going with this way, two ways of thinking this. Now, it's it's not the actions that ultimately makes you good or bad, but what the connotation behind it is, what the thought pattern of why you're doing what you're doing. So let, let, let's take Thanos, for example, yeah, in Marvel. You know, I've touched on this before. He did it. Or he wanted to destroy the world because he believed generally in his heart that the world will regenerate and it'll be better and there'll be more food for people um, and, you know, there'll be less corruption, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff when you really go into it and look into it, uh, which ultimately he proved that point because that's what happened, you know, but it was still mass genocide, so to speak, you know, so that's not what what they wanted. Mm-hmm. But his thought pattern behind there was a lot, a lot better. You know, um, ultimately, um, I, I'm a tr- bit of a trigger warning, people. So please, 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 if you don't like triggers, maybe this isn't the right time. Let's say someone did do something to a family member or a friend. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's take in the case of someone abusing someone sexually or something like that. And someone decided to take something in their own hands because they were not getting justice from police or whatever then maybe it's justifiable you know maybe 
I'm just saying. With the Joker, however, the reason why is you can't take that one scene. You have to take the Joker as a whole. Now, there's scenes where when he's going up to people and he's, um, I think when he's talking to Rachel in the hotel scene and he's talking about how he had a wife and stuff like that, which ultimately isn't true um, because in his mind, he makes up these stories. Um, you know, uh, there's that one scene where he goes, uh, do you want to know how I got my scars? Uh, my father was uh, an alcoholic. I uh, used to beat uh, my mum or something like that. Um, and he went to get a kitchen knife. So, and then he, and I was crying. And then he cut my face, you know, uh, and hence why I've got the smiles. And then I actually killed him, you know, and, and stuff like that. Yes. But then ultimately doing mass genocide after that, ultimately for a world to destroy themselves, does that justify what the Joker's doing? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. When I said I like that scene, I like it because of the title of the movie yeah. and that it's embracing um, sort of that not being the perfect person, but it's also putting the title itself is shedding a light on probably the most, I don't know. He's like a nothing character. I feel like in this particular movie, but the thing with the Joker is it's interesting. Yeah. Because a lot of what he's doing in the movie seems as though he's impulsive, but I don't think so. And even when you just touched on, that there when he makes he tells a story about how he got his scars he changes that i think he tells two stories and the two different stories yeah because every single thing he has been doing in the movie i believe oh hang on it's it's still it's still got to do with that one thing that one thing that i said before we are only as good as the world allows us to be and here's the thing however he did end up the way he is i'm guessing the world wasn't great to him so i feel like at every turn in this movie he's doing everything he can to make people but ultimately harvey dent is the numero uno gotham's white knight you know but like at every turn he's he's wanting to test that put people in the worst possible position and what will they choose and the thing is they don't know that about themselves unless they're put in that position and he revels in it because he's probably been put in that position many many times and had to make these difficult choices but like I said it's very interesting because even the script he's given and what he does he comes across as a very impulsive character but I just don't believe he is an impulsive character i don't believe he's impulsive but i do believe he's um adaptable he's he's adaptable but yeah i believe everything in the movie has got to do with that one quote everything he's been doing and i love the arc between him and harvey dent i feel like it's not good versus evil but it's good versus almost reality and reality wins 
Yeah, I love you it. Know, you're right. Especially that scene in the uh, in the hospital when he's kind of manipulating Harvey into taking that next step forward that he does. Right. I mean, you know, too, it's like, you know, I I agree. I think that, you know, that I think that the Joker is also trying to show Batman that, you know, Batman has this sense that there's good in this world and, you know, um, and that he stands for good and that there are good people in this world and the Joker's trying to show him too that not everybody is good that ever even the good people have this um mm. you, you know the, this sense of of evil inside of them and i think that that's what he was trying to show batman and he was even trying to show batman that he has a sense of evil in him because you know you see him too like in that one scene where uh where he's on the bike and going towards the joker and the joker's just like hit me you know, just like, come on, hit me. You know, he mm. wants him to like, he wants him to embrace that. Like, mm. like he wants him to embrace that evil because once he does that, he'll never be able to turn back. And then not only that, society will see it and then society will turn on the dark night. Which it ultimately does at the end because they believe right. Which, that's Yeah. So he does, he does hit him in the interrogation scene. That's why I love it so much. It's um he Batman embodies what you just said about um wanting to be good but still having that evil or like you know for lack of a better word um in you. So Batman is is that person. And the interesting thing is because of that one quote I've been talking about um at the end when you have Two Face and the whole thing with Two Face is leave it up to chance, right? Which is, I feel like, interestingly, how the Joker feels, uh, his outlook on the world, leave it up to chance. But um, what he's trying to do is move things along, which, you know, I feel like the Joker is the real, you know, not winner, but, you know, who really does win in this movie? Because Batman was easy to break, but, you know, he did it. And then he did it with Harvey Dent. And again, what you said uh, about the dynamic between Batman and uh, Harvey Dent, Paul. Yeah, Batman does want to be Harvey Dent, but that's the point. Everyone should want to be Harvey Dent. So who better to take down than Harvey Dent? And if Harvey Dent can be turned to Two-Face, well then, I guess anybody can be. Because that's what he that's who Harvey Dent sort of um reflects in the movie or embodies rather the purest of them all. Yeah. The savior. Yeah. Yeah. So and if he can be taken down. All, you get everyone. Yeah, we're all up for grabs. Which 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 is quite strange as well though, because when you look at what happens when we talked about earlier in, in which Paul mentioned in the, the two boat scenes, it's not the purest of them all that actually saves them. It's it's mm. the criminals who are already in prison who decides no, you're not taking this button to kill anybody else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go for it, Paul. I was going to say that I think that the one thing that I will 
you know, disagree with you, Cyanide, is that I think that I don't think that Harvey Dent was the main target for the Joker. I think that the main target was Batman. And I think that because when you think about the hospital scene, when he sits next to Harvey and Harvey sees him and he says, look what you did to me. And he just goes, sorry. You know, he apologizes to him because he kind of is like, you know, I'm thinking that he's like, this is a bystander that just so happened to, you know, just so happened to have to get hurt along the way. And, you know, again, and the Joker doesn't have any really emotion with that. You know, he could care less, really. Um, but in my mind, it's like his whole thing was was to break down Batman and and he man and he succeeded to do that. And then what was the thing that Batman idolized the most was Harvey Dent. So he went after the two things that mattered the most to uh to mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, which was Rachel and Harvey Dent. Yeah, I think that was two birds, one stone, really, with um Joker in that aspect. Um Sure, if you look into it, I, I do agree with you, Paul. Um, but I think in the larger sense of the movie, in the arc, I like to sort of ignore Batman. <laughs> and I know that it's called <laughs> The Dark Knight, but I do like to ignore him because I just find it, I find uh, the relationship between Den and Joker very interesting because I wouldn't say it's a strong relationship, but the series of inv- the series of events that unfold... Um, Obviously, like you said, Joker probably didn't mean to have that much of an impact on specifically Harvey Dent, but he had a point to prove. And while Harvey's um, a great candidate for him to sort of prove that point with. So uh, in in sort of from Harvey's perspective, the Joker obviously affected his life greatly. Um, so that's why from from Harvey's point of view, I really love that arc and that dynamic between them. But from Joker's point of view, it's not as impactful. It doesn't really mean as much, if that makes sense. Right. No, it makes total sense. Yep, no, great points, great points. Uh, enjoyed this, enjoy this. But uh, Paul, I think we should go through these messages quickly, man. We've been yeah, on it for about four, four hours now. Yes, let's get through these and then we will end this because I have to get something to eat, my friends. All right, let's see. Do you feel in charge? Do you remember when he said that line, Bane, Dark Knight Rises? Like the way he gingerly, just with great gentle care, rested his hand on that dude's shoulder. Like he could have grabbed him and done the whole like, yeah, I'm stronger than you. But like by resting the hand on his shoulder, it's like he's daring him to lift it. That was such alpha body language that it just, ugh. Like almost 10 years later, I think that's probably like my favorite line or sequence in the entire trilogy. Because even the henchman leaves the fucking room and listens to his boss get brutally murdered. And that's how Alpha Bane is. The thing I like about Bane is that like it's easy to overlook the... uh, the intelligence and spirit that he has because he's known for being wicked strong and stuff, right? But like, uh, Bane's a tactician and he's, he's, mm. he's the anti-Batman in a lot of ways, which is what makes him formidable. Like, it's one thing for a dude to be strong enough to beat the shit out of you, but it's even worse if he's smart enough and wise enough to think of another way. It's like, what do you do with that? Bane's the shit. 
Wow. Yep. It's true. Pain is a shit. Oh. Yeah, guys, I'm gonna go. But before I go, um, just because he brought up Bane, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go after this. No, um, it's go just because I can, you know, speaking of being alpha, I can do a really, really, I can sort of speak from my diaphragm. Go and for so it. I always like this quote. Okay, <clears throat> okay, I hope I don't be sick because it actually sometimes makes me want to vomit. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> You what the think fuck? darkness is your ally. Oh you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. But by then, it was nothing to me but blinding. <laughs> but <Funny>. yeah. <laughs> I love doing that. I like I like the the blinding. Um when he says it, it's, it's it's in a different way. It's not as deep as I can sort of go, but um, <coughs> yeah, I think that's my cue to leave. Really, <laughs> I, I am in huge shock. Me I just timestamp that because that's going on my stories after I finish this show. Uh, a round of applause to you. Well fucking yeah. done. I don't even know how you got them that that tone out of your body. <laughs> you should learn how oh, to yeah. do stuff from uh from the exorcist because that would be like you know some good quotes from the exorcist you know no from the ring you know the little boy from the ring like this i love you mommy i love you mommy i love you mommy (laughs) like the thing is i can keep the same intonation but i'm going off topic um yeah i can sort of change my voice around i should have been a voice actress i fucked up i'm a biomedical scientist Mm, I, I'm going to message you after this. We're going to do a voiceover show. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, thank you for having me, guys. And yeah, you get back to your voice notes. Um, take care. It's, thank you for having God, me. God bless thank you. you. Um, we definitely join us soon. You know, Rishi, you and I should do this thing too because I like doing voices as well. And I like when you do like your like the 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 little old woman one. Uh, uh, forget who you go with, girl. Um, uh, just go. I'll tell you about my husband. My husband, he was so wonderful the other day. I swear, I went over there to go get some coffee, and then he came over. It was so terrible. Do you know what I mean? Oh my god! You know. <laughs> you do you know what? Both you and Cyanide have given me. A, a, a new thing. I'm, I, I'm going to come up with something. I'm going to message you guys. I think I have a new idea for a show that is going to be brilliant. And we're all going to jump on it. And let's go with the voice. I, I have a great idea. I'm going to write it down, okay. put pen to pad, come up with a few scenarios. I'm going to get us in a group and then let's do this. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I'd like that. All right, let's get through these. Okay. Honestly, Michelle Pfeiffer made men and women want her. She made women want to be her, and mm-hmm. she made men fucking desire her, and that's exactly what cat women embodies. That's right. so true. So this comment is for Mexilplex. Uh, <clears throat> so I sent you a DM with a like I want to know who you think would win between the Black Knight and the Dark Knight. Um, yeah, just I'm just I, I would really like to know what your opinion is on that. The Black Knight and the Dark Knight. 
Yeah, it's this thing in a comic, I think. Um, I, I'm not too tough on it. That's probably a mixed question, definitely. But or a Vader question if he's in there. Maybe he can message in. But um, mm. yeah. All right. Oh, speaking of mixed clicks. Whoa, I left at the wrong time. Somebody just shouted out Road to Perdition. That is an awesome movie, and I think it is actually based on a comic book. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal. Kind of. Okay, so I, I think it's based on a comic book, right? But it is also one of those things like The Mandalorian that's Lone Wolf and Cub. It's basically that story of uh, a father losing the rest of the family but one son and they have to go on this road to hell together um where he has to basically criminalize his own son and expose him to all this stuff um and tom hanks basically plays like the head executioner he's paul newman's like right right hand man and daniel craig plays the jealous son like if paul newman could do it he would give tom hanks his empire but daniel craig is his son so what's he gonna do but it's a great story, man. Definitely check it out. And check out Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh. I'm going to have to watch that again. Yeah, good film. I remember watching it years ago, but it was it Tom Hanks? And it was a good film. Yeah. I think she's talking about Tyler Hoechlin, but he he played uh, yeah. Tom Hanks' son in Road to Perdition. Now I got to watch it again. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Ooh, Snow Cone, you gotta remember, Batman barely has a moral compass. If you read the books, sometimes Batman just goes to Arkham just to beat the Joker up. <laughs> Not even asking him questions. <laughs> I- I'm just saying. He's right. He's right. He's right. Oh. My good friend Cisco. Where's Lyle? Where is he? <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. You don't like the interrogation scene? It's like the best scene, one of the best scenes. Batman versus Joker. I mean, I guess if you don't like violence. But at the same time, Joker puts a pencil through a guy's eye. So um, the interrogation scene is not <laughs> not as brutal as that. Well, Rishi, yep. I've enjoyed my time with you. All these other ones are from the are from the Overthinker and Mixplex when we had them on. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've enjoyed my time with you. You know, this was a great show. We should definitely do it again on a different movie uh, or movie series. Um, you know, and like you said, you know, get that idea and you know, message me if you want. You know. Yeah, I could do a bunch of other stuff too. So you know, voice wise, but hundred percent. Can I just say big up to everyone that's in the room? Sorry, it's something I do in my shows. Um, got 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 to do it. So I got to big up uh, Cyanide Vader, Mixel Plix, um, uh, Jose the Hype, four twenty high. Um, everybody else that came in the room. If I've missed anyone, I probably missed thousands. To be honest with you, going on on it, loads of people. Um, but uh-huh. I, I got to thank the one and only um, uh, Paul. Paul, thank you for doing this with me. This was a brilliant show. Oh yeah, thank um, you. And, and seriously, I, I really, really enjoyed myself. Like I said, I was on a bit of a hiatus doing a few things, and uh, just doing this with you today it just made me feel right. I need to do a lot more again, and 
start uh, scheduling a lot of shows with you and every other, everybody else. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, God bless you. Great. Thank you, my friend. Yes, thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for coming. And, you know, if you're not already, subscribe to Rishi Reviews. And, you know, we will see you all in the next one. Yeah, and if you're not already subscribed, subscribe to Paul. Uh, subscribe to our Instagrams. Click on our emojis. Get to our Instagrams. Yeah. And I have a YouTube channel, guys. Uh, if you can, Ooh. please go subscribe. It's Rishi's Reviews, R-I-S-H-I-S, and then Reviews um yeah and um you'll see me doing a lot of stuff on there awesome all right you guys catch you later good night Take Bye. It. Bye.